Now entering Nerdist.com. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got the commentary to what a few commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, eats and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. I'm Greg Wyshynski of Yahoo Sports Puck Daddy Blog. You know who I am. You know that name. He's the name. Who is the name? The name that's... Uh, it's, right, it's right on the podcast you listen to. You just click Lozo. on info and it's right Damn there. Damn right. It's, you know, they say that cat Lozo was one bad mother. And this is Kylo Ren. My parents named me Kylo Ren because my parents are idiots. Let's start with this. As you know... Phil yep. Kessel is a Stanley Cup champion. You, you got to do your thing. Oh, you're in puck soup. There you go. As you know, Phil Kessel is a Stanley Cup champion. Should he have been is a uh, one of our favorite players in all of the land. To see him angry and vibrating on the Penguins bench like a mm, like a yeah. hedgehog on a massage chair at the mall was people, wonderful. People laughing at him was even better. Yeah, Chris Kuhn is actually like... <laughs> Just openly laughing at his anger. <laughs> It's like the Seinfeld episode when Jerry's trying to learn how to get angry and everyone's laughing at him. He's like, eh, it's still kind of funny. <laughs> well, it's like it's like when you're at like a like the DMV, if you're at like the Department of Motor Vehicles and you just see someone losing their shit at the window, like you can relate. Like you can relate to Phil Kessel not getting a pass and being really angry about it, but at the same time, it's hilarious. It's when Phil Kessel, dude. Shit. It's Phil Kessel. Like, and you you can just picture his voice getting all high and whiny. And I, I can't do the voice. I won't shit, even try. Shit! Don't make a pass. Shit! <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. The hand gestures. Uh, at one point, it looked like he was playing rock paper scissors with with uh, with Chris Kunitz, and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Sean Gentili, the, the the arbiter of all of all Phil Kessel impressions, he made a good point. He said, if if the Ottawa Senators would have won that game one nothing, Phil Kessel would have been demonized, selfish, wants the puck, not thinking about the team, but he scores because Craig Anderson falls down, and it's like, oh, he just has that fire in his belly, Greg. Just wants the puck. He wants to win. They just cares too much. I love the fact that uh, that uh, uh, Mike Sullivan had to answer questions the next day because we literally have nothing to talk about in the series as we'll get to Ottawa's cripplingly boring. Oh my god! But uh, but the, the fact is he had to answer like seven questions about Phil. Uh, what do you have to do with the bench coach to make sure these guys don't get out of hand? I mean, a lot of emotion there, but what? How much emotion is too much emotion? I got to give Mike Sullivan credit because like when he first got hired last year, he came across as like. John Tortorella's like not a clone, but like one of those Michael Keaton multiplicity clones. Where like <laughs> he's got a lot of them in there, but not totally. Like he's not rubbing. He's he's not the rubbing the pizza on the face clone. He's he's like the second clone. And you're just like, but like the way he handles those questions, like on the bench between with you know with with Pierre and like post game, he's he's pretty good. <laughs> Gonna eat the Kessel. <laughs> Mike, what's your plan for getting around that one three one trap? I just, I just peed myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Multiplicity starring Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan. That's right. But yeah. I don't have time for all this stuff. I need to make clones of myself. And there's like <laughs> a, a, a Mike Sullivan that's like 15 degrees away. So there's John Tortorella is the main clone. He's the main he's, clone. He's, he's Michael Keaton. And like, yeah, Mike like, Sullivan's the smarter right. John Tortorella. The more, the more, the, he's, he's, not like the, he's not like the super sensitive one that likes to cook and stuff. Right. Like who would that be? No, no, he's the super sensitive one who likes to cook. Then there's the then there's the old John Tortorella. He's the third clone <laughs> from like his New York days. So you have new, reborn John Tortorella who's oh, nicer. Okay. Then you have Mike Sullivan who's smart and wears the sweaters. And then you have old torts 
who's like Markham! just the dumbest yeah the dumbest the dumbest blockhead. possible wearing a leather jacket human being yeah. you could possibly want to create right, exactly on your bench. those whining babies over there in Pittsburgh that guy and then and then I I don't know I get who would be the the pizza uh, version of uh, John Tortorella the one who wants to fight coaches between periods in Vancouver oh no he's the he's the John Tortorella clone who shows up in the Team USA windbreaker. Uh, <laughs> he's the one I I didn't want to do the lines coach. Toughness. What? Grit, grit, grit and determination. What? Jam. 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 John like jam. <laughs> what? John, is that you? Gonna eat the jam. And he, just, and he just rubs jam all over his face. John, are you okay? Gonna eat the jam. John Tortorella's <laughs> multiplicity. I thought the jam was metaphorical, John. <laughs> What's a forical? Gonna eat the jam. Before we get into this Phil Kessel thing, I wanted to mention <laughs> I like grape. Something that came across the Twitter of Phil Kessel's mortal enemy. Society. Steve Simmons. Oh no. He's he's got me blocked. I Steve Simmons the Toronto Sun does not have me blocked for some reason, even though I've incessantly mocked him for the better part of three years. Steve Simmons last night, uh, this is uh, during game three of the Anaheim Ducks National Predator Series. Okay. Every playoff season, you discover players you didn't realize were this great. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me try and guess who it is. Go ahead, go ahead. This is a Ducks-Predators game that he's watching. (sighs) That he didn't realize was was great. Roman Yossi. Watching Nashville didn't know Victor Arvidsson could do this. (laughs) He's been doing it all year. (laughs) He's like one of the leading scorers in the team. He scored, he scored 30? He, he had 30 goals. He had, like, I think he had, like, three way. Yeah, like. like Okay, like, once you get to the All-Star break, you have to know who Victor Arvidsson is. You kind of do. Like for, for, He led the team in scoring. For me, for me, I really wasn't aware of Andre Kasha until maybe a week ago. <laughs> Victor Arvidsson is a, a, a top-line player on the best line in the playoffs, arguably. I mean, not arguably. They're the best line in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, Forsberg, Arvidsson, and Johansson, best line in the playoffs. Didn't realize they were he was great. First of all, like, what kind of asshole? I'm, listen, we're all assholes. We're hockey writers, but like, what kind of asshole admits that they were late to the show? Like, like, are they are in the back of his mind? Is he like, oh man, you know, everyone's going to be on this bandwagon with me? That we all didn't realize how great one of their leading scorers in their top line was. Do you know that Philip Forsberg is actually a pretty good player? <laughs> He may not be Peter, wow. but he's pr- pretty good. <laughs> That's what I call the Peter principle. God damn. I'm Dave Lozo. Mm. ESPN. ESPN. Phil Castle is a Stanley Cup champion, and now he's the inspiration for the name of one of hockey's newest Pittsburgh Penguins fans. Kessel Ryan Hillman was born on Mother's Day at Butler Memorial Hospital in Pennsylvania. His parents, Nicole and Adam, uh, told WTAE that they didn't know the baby's sex beforehand, but had already decided that if they were having a boy, they would name him after the Penguins forward. Why wouldn't you oh. name... Isn't Kessel a... I was going to say, yeah, that yeah. works either way. It's a, it's a, it's a weird first name. It's not name. a gender-specific no. name. No, Kessel is... That's not that... I mean, a short, it, a, a short name weird. of, like, Kess for a girl is probably pretty cool. Kessel. Kessel, yeah. yeah that's... It's not like it's not like these these weirdos that named their kid Kylo Ren. <laughs> You're hung up on that. It was it was. Uh, He's the bad guy. It was reported that the name Kylo had skyrocketed 
uh, in the baby names category. It's not even a good name. Like it's 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 like it's like it's like it's like the third name that George Lucas would throw out there for the bad guy. That's like fine. We'll just go with that. Like originally it would have been like let's call him let's call him Mysterio. No, no, George. No, no. How about how about Baddington? <laughs> George, we need something a little less on the nose, buddy. How about Kylo? Evil, evil. <laughs> we'll get into this later, but everyone was talking about the, the twist in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume mm-hmm. Two, and they were like mad about it. Mm-hmm. If, if you didn't figure out who the bad guy was based on the character's name four seconds after you heard the character's name, <laughs> you're an idiot. It's like Sinistro in fucking Green, right. Green Lantern. Sinister yeah. <laughs> Destructo, and he lives on the planet Dungeon Area. Oh, sure, just a little again. Like but on but he wears white, and he's good looking, so you're just like, oh, he must be awesome. Yeah, no. we'll talk about Guardians 2 a bit later. But, but Kessel so, is a name. I, Kessel's actually a nice... Kessel's a really cool name. Even like Malkin. If you named your kid Malkin Jones or something, that's... Kunitz, can... no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a weird no. name. And he's uh, sound, though. He's... Crosby's a pretty good... Yeah. Like, name for either a boy or a girl as well. Crosby. Flurry Wyshynski. No. Hornquist Lozo. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work. I got a weird last name, so, like, you need to, I, like, I need to have a biblical first name to balance it out. So, like... Do you think... Haglin Lozo, no. Hag, Haglin Hillman would have been... Haglin Hillman sounds like a... Oh, yeah. Like a, like a, like a, a Dickens character. <laughs> <laughs> More porridge, Mr. Haglin. Mr. Haglin Hillman. All right. We're t- obviously talking about Phil Kessel and baby names because, as Dave Lozo pointed out this week, the Ottawa Senators Pittsburgh Penguins series has left something to be desired. Oh, as I pointed out this in week. In the entertainment category. Yeah, as only you pointed out. You apparently are the only person. Everyone else thinks it's, it's, it's super exciting to watch the Ottawa Senators get no shots on goal for 16 minutes in a tie game in the third period. I mentioned, this, I mentioned this before, but I'll do it again. I find it palpably insulting. Palpably insulting. They're the same team. That people, they're not the same they're team. The people same are comparing team, the, the Ottawa Senators of 2017 You're blind to, to the 1995 New Jersey Devils, same and I'll give team. you two reasons why they're not the same. One, they're not your favorite team. Three reasons why they're not the same. <laughs> One, they're not my favorite team. Two, the Devils, uh, uh, okay, the Devils had um, players were... that actually you, you cared about. No, like Scott you, Stevens. Like Scott, you cared about? A, what does that mean? No one gives a shit about Dion Phaneuf. Not even Cuthbert gives a shit about Dion Phaneuf. Do you think people outside of New Jersey cared about Scott Stevens? Absolutely. You're wrong. You're absolutely um, wrong. Claude Lemieux. No. Scott Niedermeyer. You see, this is, this is the problem with Ottawa people who come to my mentions to yell at me because I don't watch the games or whatever. You, again, when I was in 1995, the Devils were the funnest, most interesting, interesting team ever because they won all the time. They won in the most boring fashion. Stefan Riche. You don't care because your favorite team is winning. Anyone else watching? And I was the same way too back then. I was like, oh, pff, what's the matter? You don't want to see a great team win and a great goalie and the same thing now. Someone's like, it's funny. Like I, I tweeted, I, I, I like posted it to Facebook and someone's like, oh, this team's boring. I guess you don't like 120 foot passes from Carlson to Hoffman. And I guess you didn't see that 6-5 overtime game. Okay, so... Out of 14 games, you're pointing out one yeah. game and one pass? That's yeah, here, it. Here, here, here's my counterpoint. Yeah. This Penguin series. Right. <laughs> I guess you didn't watch the first two rounds. Yeah, I, just because your game goes overtime doesn't mean it was a fun now, game to watch. Before I continue with my Devils thing, a caveat. We know that, that since this podcast comes out on Thursday and it's game three to, uh, tonight. Oh, 8-7 final 8-7 final. We fully acknowledge the fact that this rant will be immaterial by the time you listen Guy to this. Boucher opened it up. He said, you know what? Yep. We can't win this way. Let's, yeah. run, let's run them down. And the thing is, too, is Craig like, Anderson's Otto, pants keep falling down, and he gives up 17 goals. And 
Yeah. He said he lost an edge. I feel like he just... I don't think that's losing an edge what he did. I think he just lost his balance. He lost his balance. Yeah. Now, now, the other reason I don't think that they're the devils is because the devils did this thing called... Oh, no. What? Evoking an emotional response from the people that watched the team. There was actual hatred of the devils. There was a... It, you could look at Claude Lemieux and say, fuck that guy. I don't like that guy. So I don't the, want that guy to win. So they were worse than Ottawa because Ottawa is at least likable. No, they're... they're how, they don't, they're, they like, don't, they're like Ben Stein on Win Ben Stein's Money. They're boring, but they're fun. There's one person that's likable on that team. No, that's not true. Give me... Who else besides Carlson? Who? Craig Anderson? Clark MacArthur, which is bullshit because just because you and Craig Anderson look alike doesn't mean that you, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I am pulling for the Craig Anderson Ryan Getzloff Stanley Cup final. So bald Americans everywhere, I can finally be represented properly in the media. Have you seen that? Have you seen that new um, Geico commercial where like the couple's pulled over and like there's a kid in the back with like a cello, and like the wife is pissed, the dad's driving, and the dad's an idiot. Bald guy. Always a bald guy. Oh, yeah. We talked about how, how you guys yeah. are either idiots or bad stepdads. We're idiots, bad stepdads. We're the murderers in every Law & Order mm-hmm. episode. You're, you're someone in management trying to yeah. pinch pennies. Uh, or, or no like, I'm, I'm no like, Christmas party this year. <laughs> oh, come on, Stanley Tucci. That's not fair. Right. St- Stanley Tucci in the terminal is a dick. Like, <laughs> Stanley Tucci's a dick in most movies. And when he's a good guy, he's wearing a piece. It, it's it's right. I'm telling you, go through every movie where there's it's a like the Kevin guy. Klein mustache theorem, but with Stanley Tucci's hair. Oh, what's that? Well, Kevin Klein in movies in which he has a mustache is is like it's a bad guy, or or he's like serious, or uh, he's playing serious, or he's a bad guy. When he doesn't have a mustache, he's playing comedy, like In and Out, no mustache. Oh yeah, he doesn't. But yeah. in, 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 and then a fish called Wanda mustache. Mustache. He's a January dick. He's man a... mustache. Yeah. That was the theory about him. What's January, man? It was a drama. You obviously didn't see it. Is that like two movies removed from Pierce Brosnan's November Man? Because <laughs> I, I haven't seen November Man all the way through yet. <laughs> have you seen the new Jason Warren movie? Speaking of people who like have weird accents. No. Alicia Vikander? Is that your Oh, name? yeah. From um, uh, Ex Machina. Like her accent in that movie? You haven't seen it? No. But she was in... Um, it's, it's unbelievably... Bad. It's, it's the most is, is distracting. It, but is it her own accent, or is she trying to do an accent? I don't know for sure. <laughs> like, I, it was so funny. So, like, I saw the movie once, and I was just like, oh, whatever. And then it was on again, like, the other day. So I watched it again, and, and I'm like, hold on. L- let me go to Twitter and search Born Vikander and accent. <laughs> and, like, there's, like, a hundred tweets where people are trying to figure out what her accent is. Like, it, it feels like she's trying to do American, but she sounds a little bit like she's doing a little bit of an Irish brogue. But, but then she goes back to American again. So I don't know if, like, she's supposed no, to be, like, I, someone who came over from another country I, and she's losing the... I, I don't saw know. her in that... In I, I, It's a terrible movie, but I keep watching it on Showtime. Burnt. The Bradley Cooper is a... Oh, she's in that? ...celebrity chef. She's in it. For, there's people in that movie that are in it for, like, a roughly three minutes apiece. Uma Thurman, Leisha Vikander, Emma Thompson. Like, they're in this movie, but they're not really in the movie. So she plays, like, a former love interest of his. And she when she speaks, you're right. Like, she's in the movie and she talks and you're just like... Where are you from? Findice, Ireland. <laughs> what is that? She's Swedish, right? Is she, yeah, I think so. Yeah, like she's really she's she's good in Man from Uncle. Uh, she's, she's great in Ex Machina. She was I, fantastic in that movie. I she won, she won an Oscar for that movie. Yeah, but like you, I'm telling you, like watch them. So earlier today, we were we were we were having breakfast and we were talking about accents. That's why I said speaking of accents when we haven't talked about accents for two <laughs> seconds. But um, what's the movie again with Tom Hardy where he plays the Cray Brothers? Uh, he plays the Legend. Cray Brothers. Legend. Legend, yeah. So, like, it's weird. They're twins, but the one one Tom Hardy's like, the regular good-looking, you want to fuck Tom Hardy, and the other one's kind of, like, a big, burly, like, tough guy. And the big, burly, tough guy 
does an 82% Bane the whole movie. <laughs> and once you figure that out, the movie becomes either unwatchable or the most watchable movie of all time. So check that out if you want to hear people do a weird Bane impression from what? the guy who does the what's, Bane. What's Boys. the matter, brother? Do you want a rough house? <laughs> I would love to wrestle you, brother. <laughs> Let's rough house as brothers. Oh, God. Um, the other Impossible. reason, yeah, they have, the devils evoke emotion, and I, I like I care about Eric Carlson. I think you were perceiving the emotion that was being. You evoked. don't think people hated the devils? Yeah, because they were so fucking boring. Well, hold on, and, when there, was, the devils, and, there, and there was a red line too, so that made them even more fucking hard to watch. When the devils played Detroit, were we the party poopers or were we the lovable underdogs? Oh, we destroyed we destroyed hockey for twenty years. <laughs> Are you kidding? We, we we took a Red Wings team that had like six Hall of Famers and reduced them to this chip and chase offside two line pass team that couldn't move the puck. Like at least now you can make stretch passes and chip pucks in, but there's I, I again I understand if you're an Ottawa Senators fan, you're watching your team, they're they're they they they, they haven't had any success in the last couple of years. They're in the conference finals, so you're loving it. They've they've won more games than they've lost. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Guy Boucher is ruining it. <laughs> But you have to objectively agree that, like, this is, again, I'm not telling them to play a different style. This is how they have to play to win. I get it. I totally get it. But why does why are there so few Ottawa fans willing to admit that As this Yves is As Boucher has said, this is the way we have to play to win. The other team. No, no. They he's... are the greatest team ever. It's like all of the Hall of Famers in one place. Like, <laughs> Field of Dreams. All the, the Kunitz and the Hornquist, <laughs> they walk through the cornfield and they're all of the Hall of Famers are here. We have to play like this to win. Dead people walking through fucking cornfields move faster than Ottawa Senators games. <laughs> um, and also, no, what he said was, was like, I, I, I do not watch the game. I coach it. What the fuck does that mean? What kind of a duck is that? Like, I, I, I feel like – so I'm one of those people where I'm at press conferences sometimes, and I, I never – there's times when I see quotes and, like, transcripts, and I'm always like, why does nobody have a follow-up to that? Yeah. Like when Nick Backstrom says we lost a series in three games. Like, mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm never in that scrum when it happens for, so I can be like – what the it's fuck gone. does that mean? What, what, do you, what do you mean you don't watch? What do you mean? Like, like, if he gave a long, eloquent answer, it was like, look, I understand it's not pleasing to, to look at, but you know what's pleasing is wins. Like, I'd be like, okay, that's, that's the rationale you should have. But like this idea where it's like, I guess you just don't appreciate the game the way I do. Really? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me check your Twitter bio where you're from. Oh, Ottawa, Ontario. No, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Same thing as the Devils. Mm-hmm. Only Devils had more star players. I'll give you that. But, yeah, they were more interesting. I but, mean, like, like you know, where, where is your Neil Broughton on the Ottawa Senators? Right. Is it Kyle Turris? But, like, again, Neil Broughton. <clears throat> did you care at all about Neil Broughton until he I came hardly, over? Yeah, right. no. No, I didn't. Like, Ottawa has Mike Hoffman who can skate or Carlson who can skate. They have Kyle Turris. They, they have guys who can play. So, like, when, they, when, when, when Ottawa falls behind, mm-hmm. it's great. But so far in the series, they, they've... They've they've been protecting a lead and or been tied for fifty minutes. It's it's been terrible. But again, congratulations on Ottawa winning seven to six tonight. <laughs> the, the question you were looking for was Gee, <laughs> a lot of conversation <laughs> as that game was going along, sort of on Twitter and yeah. sort of on Twitter and stuff. This is actually a question after game two. Sort of on in Twitter. a post game two press conference. The second you say the word Twitter to yeah. a coach, he's he's done. He's what, not was it an ugly game? Did it look ugly to you? And Guy Boucher says, I do not read Twitter. I have never read that in my life. I don't even know how to get on it. I don't pay attention to it. But is it pleasing to watch? How did it look to you, I guess? <laughs> I am not watching it. I'm coaching it. By the way, makes no sense. Little, little to no chance he's never been on Twitter. Well, that motherfucker is over in Switzerland or wherever he was for an exile. Know. I believe him. In exile. And he's like, he's like let me see her. Uh, let's see. Uh, coach, NHL fired opening. 
need defense. I mean, come on. But like, why, why phrase the question like, what do you think about your ugly team? <laughs> like, why would you do it like that? And why would you ask about Twitter I know. after a game? What do you think he is on his bench just scrolling through the tweets? <laughs> like, yeah, whenever someone looks down at like the screen that's on the, that's on the bench, they're, they're checking my tweets to see my jokes about how, how boring yeah. Otto is. Yeah. Sure. Coach, coach, do you, need, do you need us on the ice? Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at this Jared Kushner meme. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, like, what is that? Apparently the New York Times thinks Ivanka is the new poster girl for feminism. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's pretty weird. I don't know why. Some of the replies were hilarious, though. <laughs> what? Also, Eric Carlson played a good game. <laughs> co- co- coach, sh- sh- should I be out for the PK? Oh, I'm sorry. I found a picture of a dog curled up inside of a guitar case on animal memes. <laughs> you, you, here's the thing. It's either this girl's legs are a hot dog or it's or, or the two hot dogs are hot dogs. I can't tell the difference, guys. Maybe that's why you lost 7 nothing tonight, Coach. <laughs> it's blue and gold. What, Guy? What was that, Coach? <laughs> the dress. Blue and gold, obviously. Anyone can see it. Uh, uh, coach. Someone, <laughs> someone explain to me why people quote tweet and just put this. Why can't they just mash the retweet button like everybody else? I do not understand. Why do they need the retweets for themselves? <laughs> Coach, you should go for the face. Hold on. Hashtag not my prime minister. Okay. Hold on. I'm doing a nine tweet reply to one of Donald Trump's tweets. I'm threading them all on using pie charts and graphs. It is very good, and people will change their minds about he walks Trump. In and he walks into the locker room between periods. Okay, guys, time for a little game theory. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. What are the three parentheses around everyone's name? That one I do not understand. Should I do that to mine as a solidarity or what? I do not get that one. I Google it and nothing comes up. What is up with Elisha Vikander's accent and, and Jason Bourne? I do not know what that is. In the third period, I want you to all find your identity. Like when I decided to make my avatar a puppy instead of an egg. That is when I found my identity. Don't be an egg. Be a puppy. What is up with avocado toast? (laughs) Is it toast made out of avocado? Do you spread the avocado on the toast? And why can I not buy a house because of this? You, Mike Hoffman, you'll never be able to buy a house if you keep buying the avocado toast. But here's the thing. If your money is being drained by oh. constant purchases of avocado toast, you know what you should do? How can you save money, Greg? You need to not pay a lot for your sports and concert tickets. And the only place to do that, my friends, is SeatGeek, our favorite sponsor. SeatGeek is the smartest way to find hockey tickets this postseason. There's absolutely nothing like being behind the glass of the biggest matches of the year, especially when you're down to four teams in the playoffs. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. We've got the SeatGeek app on our phones. It's by far the easiest way to buy hockey tickets. You can be anywhere with just a few taps. You can instantly find seats for this weekend's games or any game of the season. And with SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. I, in fact, will be using SeatGeek to find some Cubs-Mets tickets for June, Mm. knowing full well that I'll be able to sit wherever I want for a Mets game come June. In, right. <laughs> Plus, every that's, ticket that's you buy over. in SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Best of all, Puck Soup listeners, you get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you do. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab. Click add a promo code. Enter the promo code SOUP. That spells soup. And SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you made your first purchase. Again, download the app. Settings tab. Promo code SOUP. And you'll get $20 back after you made your first purchase. And obviously, it goes without saying that if you, you know, do this sort of thing and buy your tickets through SeatGeek, it also helps out your boys. Download the SeatGeek app today, enter the promo code SOUP, and get going.
You're the seat geek. The geek of seat. So I do a search for promo codes <laughs> so I can get $20 off of Senator tickets. And, uh, you know, they, the building don't sell out for one game, but it sell out the next game. Speaking of ads, um, I don't know if you have uh, seen this, Dave Loza. I, I imagine you have. I mean, you've been watching the, uh, the, the playoffs on television. I mean, obviously, NBC Intently. doing an amazing job, as per usual. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That wasn't, I was trying to be serious. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, God, Pierre, do Pierre McGuire actually said the other night that Eric Carlson was a, like a, a Rembrandt and his stick was a, a paint. A paintbrush? Like he said something along those lines? Um, sure. Yeah. I, 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 do, I do love how now when they show highlights of Eric Carlson, it's like him doing stuff in the defensive zone, and, and which is fine because, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's one of those guys. He's really good at getting to the puck first and, like, being quick in small areas. But he's always been that guy. And mm-hmm. now it's like, look how great his defense has gotten, Doc and Eddie. This is what he does on defense. He's always done this. Wait, he's always done this? Because uh, I feel like I, I've never heard this on TV until now. I did Philip Hove's just co- uh, podcast Fucking this week, and we, t- we talked about... Oh, you did his podcast this week? Uh, Dimitri. Oh, he told me he was going to email me on Monday. Mm-hmm. Never That's because he's here in New York, and he's trying to get all those New York people on the podcast. Still waiting to hear back. Um, we mentioned the fact that like you don't have to go back all that far to find when Eric Carlson was a defensive pariah. In fact, October. One, one round ago. Or, or well, I was going to go October, like when when Austin Matthews skated past him during that four goal game in, on opening night. Mm-hmm. Like everybody on television is like typical Eric Carlson, basically a welcome mat for guys like Austin Matthews. Yep. Never win the Norris this yep. way, blah blah. Was it this year when he there was there was some play this year? I think it was where he was in his own end, blocked a shot, controlled the puck, chipped it out to neutralize, skated it down jammed it into an empty net like it was one of those plays where it was like everything Eric Carlson does yeah and I and I think that was this year and that was one of those plays too where it's like wow why can't he always he always does that he always says that it's why he's won the Norris twice anyway, we were talking about advertisements and 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 advertisements in, in, in which people spell which of course means we're talking about this Stanley Cup playoff ad Stupid that ad. you may be familiar with because it's on TV all the time piano music very powerful it's like the leftovers. Just because you put a piano behind doesn't mean it's good. L E M. It's so bad. R O K E O M H U L L. Alright, let's stop right there. <laughs> the, the next scene was him saying, actually Hitler has an H and an L in it too, guys. Yeah. What 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 sort of sacrifice into a volcano do I have to make to not get Bobby Hall in, in NHL promotions anymore? Like like, should, he, or, he, or just put Bobby Hall and Patrick Kane in every ad. <laughs> just just commit to it. Bobby Hall waddled out during the outdoor game for the oh, Blues. God. Bobby Hall's on a, a, a Stanley Cup promo commercial. Bobby Hall beat the shit out of his wife. That too. And, yeah. is, an, a, an, an, and is a Hitler sympathizer. And this is... I, I can, what do we have to do to not... It's okay to not have this guy be part of it. There's a lot of other old guys that scored a lot of goals. Tons. You, you literally had access to, like, I'm, I actually, now that I say this out loud, they probably shot this during the NHL 100 thing. They, show, they shot it in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, the, oh, in Los Angeles they did it. During, during the ceremony. The, the, oh, it was in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, right, 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 right. Game, yeah. Like, so you have access to the 100 greatest players mm-hmm. and Bob Gainey. <laughs> so you could have done. So you, and Jonathan Taves. <laughs> and Patrick Kane. So you could have grabbed anybody. <laughs> 
anybody. Like, I understand where it's like Patrick Kane's the best American hockey player, so like you trick yourself into thinking that's the way to go. But like, yeah, there's a million old dudes who scored a shit ton of goals that you could put out there. This is I don't get it. He they invited him to be on this commercial after he opted not to go to the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame induction. I think this was after it. Because of all the heat that came down on him when a local paper wrote mm-hmm. about his domestic violence history, his sympathy for Hitler, who had a lot of good ideas at the beginning, yeah. but he just went a little too far. Went a little too far. At the Actual beginning. quote from Bobby Hull. A little too far. A little too far. Kind of crossed the line ever so slightly. H U L L. And I know <sighs> that I know I talked to a lot of old timers, and they all say the same thing, which is that, well, you know, he used to have a battle with the bottle back in the day. Sure. That's great. I completely agree. I hope he got his life cleaned up. Don't ever want to see that sort of thing happen. But you know what? You don't have to have the guy who said Hitler had a lot of good ideas in the beginning but went a little too far on the Stanley Cup commercial. You don't have to have it. You can make that choice. You can make the choice to not have this guy be a part of your thing. And this is hockey, too, where, like, everyone's related. You can find another father-son. Get Jody Hall. Nobody gives a shit. Get get Scott and Rob. (laughs) It'll be like a 60-minute commercial where they spell Niedermeyer each once a piece. Yeah, just add Brent Gretzky to the Gretzky part of the commercial. (laughs) Have them both spell it. And it's also not a good commercial. It's nowhere near as good as the speechless one. It's nowhere near as good as the one where they rewound everything. It's just guys spelling their name. And and Lemieux seems like he's having a hard time with it. (laughs) Well, in fairness. I can never remember the E before I or I after E. And there's an X in there. Um, No, I agree. And and it's funny because if you look at the commercials they've had over the years, um, when they they started this whole sort of because it's the cup thing, Mm -hmm. um, they started to go down a road that I thought was really good, which was to try to make watching the playoffs this communal – they had a, a commercial where everybody was running to get to the bar in time to watch Face Off. Right. And, and everybody was wearing jerseys. Kind of making it feel like an NFL Sunday, which, I don't know if you've noticed, is the f- single most favorite thing of every sports fan in America. Right. Even if you're... And that's the difference, again, between hockey and football, is a hockey fan or a football fan, as a Giants fan, like, I'll go to a bar on Sunday and have all the games on in the Giants game, and it's yeah. great. You just watch all the other games. You don't care about that. But, like, in hockey, if you're an Ottawa fan, (laughs) you love the shit out of your team. You're so happy how they're winning. But if you're not, you're not running out to watch that game somewhere. That's that's just not hockey. That's that's why their commercials are good. That's a hilarious point because uh, David Staples of the Edmonton Journal has been waging a one-man war against the NHL ever since the Oilers have been eliminated because the Ducks played nasty. So he's like, you know, I refuse to watch another NHL game this postseason as long as Ryan Kessler's in it is what he tweeted the other day. I'm like, oh, what a novelty. An NHL fan saying he refuses to watch the rest of the playoffs after his team is eliminated. Boy, first one on that bandwagon. Like, it's just what we do, and it sucks. But no, so, you know what it is? What is, is it? that when you haven't watched the playoffs in 11 years, you're unaware that the Ducks have players that jab people in the balls with their sticks every playoffs. <laughs> so the first time you see it in 2017, it's new to you, and you take a stand against it. That's all it is. Um, oh, so so you, had, you had that um, where you had uh, uh, you know the fans coming to watch the game at the bar. Then they did the whole... The cup winning the cup is this super emotional thing. Um, the cup raise thing connected through history. Guys literally weeping as they won the cup. Mm-hmm. 
But now that we've, we're in the, the fucking centennial, now we've abandoned any pretense of it being about the playoffs. 99th year, though, there's a lockout where they didn't play a full season. Thank so, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you, truther. Now we've gotten rid of any pretense that it's about the playoffs and the grandeur of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And now we've boiled it down to its very essence, which is star players who get their names in the cup. Oh, let me rephrase. <laughs> Mostly Canadian star players who get their names in the cup. And the only two, I think there's like a minute version of that commercial. I haven't watched the whole way through, but it's just Crosby and Taves in terms of mo- like current guys, right? Like there's no... Yeah, and it's weird, right? Like I know why they did it because... Um, because they're not going to release to the conference finals and you want to be able to have guys still alive. You want, yeah, you want a guy still alive. I get I was, it. Because I, I was thinking to myself, like, why didn't they have anybody from the Kings... Um, not only in that in that commercial, but also they did that like roundtable show where it was like Gretzky, Lemieux. Oh, I didn't watch that. I, I think I don't. I, it was on at, the, at this week. Someone Gretzky, Lemieux, Crosby, Taves, and someone. Um, Keith. No, 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 no. no. Was, oh, oh, Bobby Orr. Hosa. Bobby Orr. And I thought to myself, well, Kruger. why wouldn't you just get like one of the or better yet, how about a goalie? Who might be able to lend some really interesting insight as to what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. Nobody cares about How about boys. a European? How about Lidstrom? If they shot it in Los Angeles, Lidstrom was there for the top 100. Why not a European? Wouldn't that be a novel idea? Well, I, I can see how they might have done Kings and just cut it out of the ad. They probably, they probably, no, seriously, they probably had like a bunch of guys do it. And then like once the playoffs started, they were like, oh, we can't use Drew Doughty anymore. Or, you know, converse, there's also a chance that Doughty couldn't spell his name. That is possible. Or Justin Brown. But like, wouldn't it have been cooler if they unveiled this at the start of the playoffs as opposed to the conference finals and they just use all current guys that haven't won the cup yet who want to get their name on it. So they're like, this is their thing. Yeah. And like, yeah, by round three when the Caps are inevitably no longer in the playoffs, it's very sad to see Nicholas Backstrom spelling his name during the conference finals. But I just think that would have been a cooler thing because you, again, the NHL's biggest problem is they market four friggin' teams, five players. And boy, thank God! Thank God! Finally, Jonathan Taves got on TV because he's just—he's—he's he's never there anymore. He's never there. He's not there enough. They don't play enough outdoor games. You got to get Jonathan Taves into a commercial. The Centennial does nothing to push the game forward. Let's be honest. Nope. It's a giant navel gazing exhibition. The, putting Mario Lemieux in, 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 in a cup commercial is great for people that remember Mario Lemieux playing. For the people that joined the league in 2009 because Patrick Sharp is cute, it means absolutely <laughs> nothing. dick nothing to them. They're so not. They're so not current. They so they're they're so entrenched in the shit that happened. Like seriously, like like we're talking about the Devils in '95. Half of our listeners don't remember that. Half of our listeners probably weren't even born in '95. Right, right. <laughs> like, but take take it from me. Don't listen to Greg. And when that I, Devils team was boring as fuck. And, and of course, uh, when I say I was in high school, I, I meant I was in elementary school in '95. <laughs> fellow millennials, <laughs> how about some avocado toast? How would you like some avocado toast in my <laughs> studio apartment that I rent because of said avocado toast? <laughs> I just, honestly, I haven't even Googled it yet. I'm not, I'm not going to look up what avocado toast is until it actually comes across. I've, I've never even seen it on a menu. When are they going to reboot Futurama, millennials? By the way, wasn't, wasn't the ending to Guardians of the Galaxy very much like that episode of Futurama? I never watched Futurama. <gasps> I know. We finally, we finally come across something in geekdom that I did not consume that you've consumed. I think I knew that already, though. Yeah, I didn't watch Futurama. Um, to, to set it up, I didn't watch Futurama. I watched maybe two seasons seasons of King of the Hill. I watched The Simpsons really, really long, but I couldn't tell you when I stopped watching it because I don't even know how many seasons we're up to now. Yeah, I, I, I used to watch it all the time. All the time, yeah. I can't quote chapter, it. Like, chapter and time. verse I could quote it until maybe like, yeah. I don't know what season. 
But um, and then and then I didn't watch uh, Family Guy because I found it to be way too derivative. But I will tell you right now the two funniest things that Family Guy ever did that I'm aware of: Kool Aid Man in episode one, uh-huh. never hit your your, com- your comedic peak in your first episode. Bad idea. Uh, and then also the Bed Bath and Beyond joke is 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 a keeper. What's the Bed Bath and Beyond joke? When he uh, he's walking through the door at Bed Bath and Beyond, and all of a sudden he walks into like this weird Jack Kirby like oh Beyond, a beyond and he walks sure. into Beyond. Very very funny. Good stuff. But I never watched that. And then obviously I have no fucking time for American Dad. Who gives a shit? American Dad, the Cleveland Show. Or the Cleveland Show. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. He's multi. Seth MacFarlane I like as a as a a real life flesh and blood performer, but not as the guy who makes cartoons. Seth MacFarlane reminds me of Kate McKinnon in a way. Where because I, they're both uh, Irish or Scottish? They're both super talented. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. Maybe, maybe among the top 20 talented people creatively on the planet who I don't give a shit about. You mean like you who, find them off-putting or you just Whose stuff I just don't care about. Like, like Kate McKinnon can play the piano. Great. Seth MacFarlane can sing. Okay. But like their stuff in terms of comedy... Like, like people think Kate McKinnon's one of like the five best SNL things of all time, like uh, cast members of all time. Give me some stuff she's done on SNL. I think I think Kate McKinnon falls in between Daryl Hammond and uh, Amy Poehler in the sense that Kate McKinnon does some things that really make me laugh. Like she when she plays, like she did Hillary, and that was and that was funny. But like, but like her uh, her Angela Merkel is really funny on uh, Update. Like, like she's done some funny stuff, but like. A lot of it is in that Daryl Hammond category of not really being that funny, but really appreciating the craft of it. Because Daryl Hammond to me was never really that funny. Oh, for sure. Like, but I he, but you, but you, the craft. Like when right. Phil Hartman would do an impression, it would be funny. He's a natural gifted comedian. When Hammond would do it, you were like, "Wow, that sounds exactly like Tom Brokaw," but it's not that funny. And like Kate McKinnon, I com- I completely appreciate how unbelievably like smart, but like <laughs> I just don't get how like like. If someone's like, "Oh, Kristen Wiig is in a movie," I used to hate Kristen Wiig, but like I've come around. She's I've she's come funny. around on her too. Well, mainly, you see, she's someone who is awful on SNL, but really good in like other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if, if I see a movie and like Kristen Wiig's in it, like she's at like that sort of like that Will Ferrell level where I'm like, "Oh, that's probably gonna be pretty good." And there's a movie coming out with um, Scarlett Johansson and oh yeah, like what's her name? Big b- Bad Night rough, or Rough Night? Rough Night, yeah. And I'm watching the commercial for it, and I'm seeing all the people in it, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> this looks like a pretty good premise. This looks like a pretty funny movie. And apparently, Kate McKinnon's doing an Australian accent the whole movie. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off! But again, Why? like she, she was the best thing in that Ghostbusters reboot, which again is like saying Eric Carlson has the best possession numbers on the Senators. <laughs> <laughs> so she's Carlson. Melissa McCarthy's Mike Hoffman. Yeah. Um, Go on. Um, Chris, I'm, I'm Chris, here for this. Kristen Wiig has got to be Kyle Turris. Kristen Wiig is going to be either Kyle Turris or Craig Anderson. Who's Chris Hemsworth then? Chris Hemsworth? Is he Boucher? Yes. Because he's, one, and, no, he's uh, one note and that's One it. note but a great addition. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like that a lot. See, it's easier. To, people always do this in our, in our mailbag. It's like... If you could make <laughs> one hockey team seven cereals, what would you do? Yeah. You, you can't force it. It just kind of has to happen. I mean, who else is in that movie that I'm forgetting? The 87 Flames as the cast of yeah. Parks and Rec. Go. Like, that's a great mailbag question. Now, give, give us five weeks to craft that together. Like, like, I'm, like I'm on the stage at Upright Citizens Brigade, like shouting out, somebody give me a hockey team from 40 years ago in a TV show I never watched. Gynecologist! <laughs> no, I didn't ask for a profession, sir. <laughs> I believe someone said Friends, a TV show. Okay, Friends. Sure, I can do about 20 minutes on that. Wait, who is the fourth Ghostbusters? Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon? Oh, um, uh, what's your face? Uh, from SNL. 
But Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. Yeah, so Leslie, jo- Leslie Jones is FNAF. Oh, she's the funnier. <laughs> See, I, I don't even think Kate McKinnon's the funniest person in that. She I, was funniest in that movie. I think Leslie Jones is the funniest in that movie. And then I would say Chris Hemsworth is, he's, he's like when he, whenever he runs his fingers into his eyes yeah. through the glasses, that's pretty funny. He's, he might, no, he's the funniest person in that movie. Kate McKinnon's the funniest Ghostbuster. Horrible movie. Oh, Let's ghost, just not ghost, the... Ghostbusters aren't people, Greg. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to tell our listeners? <laughs> Hashtag not all Ghostbusters. Are you Ghostbuster shaming mm-hmm, right now? That's right. Wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh man. Oh, that dumb ad. Oh, the commercial. Oh yeah, no, and just about how like, yeah, no one gives a shit that Bobby, Bobby, no. and Brett Hall are together in a commercial, except for the people like us who don't think that. A guy who was a Hitler sympathizer should be part of an NHL ad campaign. And even if it wasn't, even if even if there wasn't a dude that probably has like a fucking Nazi, you know, soldier outfit in his closet, even if it was just like a regular dude, it's still not a good commercial. Yeah, like they've just, run, they've run out of ideas. Remember the commercial? There was one way back in like '08 or '09, and it was really cool. It was like a picture of like a team by their bench after they just got eliminated from the playoffs, and they're all sad, like an actual picture. And mm-hmm. then like someone in the picture comes to life and is like, I don't want to feel this again. Remember those? Yeah. Those were awesome. There's a lot of really good commercials. This like, was not one of them. Yeah, like this is the first time I've ever seen like an NHL ad and being like, boy, this was just slapped together real quick. This was like one of those things where it's like, okay, we've got all these really famous guys yes. together in the same place. What should we do with them? It's not really... I know. Have them spell their own names. That's <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how about we have them perform it? No, they're hockey players. How about we have them? No, they're hockey players. I mean, they're going to be here for like a weekend, right? But what if like one of them walks into the room? No, they're hockey players. Okay, we'll just have them spell their own names. Like that's the basic thing that we could have hockey players do. We ask so little of our hockey players <laughs> and like things like that, like fucking Patrice Bergeron and those Geico ads. Like mm-hmm. just, just, just skate, just skate around again, and shoot no, the puck. But, but again, like Nick Backstrom, doesn't shoot it the puck. bother you that they don't reach out to any foreign-born players? Like almost oh, yeah. at all, like Solani, I think, is in the commercial. Maybe. I mean, I, I think I understand their their viewpoint of it because like they're marketing the game here, so they want to you know do yeah. The US Timu, Timu's in the commercial. He might be like one of the only foreign born players in that commercial. But yeah, like th- th- it's weird. The NHL is like we're a global game. It's like all right, name one person who is like you know whatever Slovenian or. I think Czech. a better commercial would have been just to see the sparks flying off the cup as you engrave it. Like, don't you think that's like if you want to do a, a, a commercial about hmm. getting your name on the cup, have them just stand around watching names getting engraved on the cup. Like to me, that's even more and better than L E M. Here's my idea. Okay, okay, pitch me. It's the engraving place. Okay, the dudes there. Interior sl- slash engraving place. Int <laughs> engraving place day. <laughs> and then we have. Like, one of the dudes that's got their name on the cup, like, six times, right? Nick Lichstrom. Okay. No, not, not uh, not, Peter no, Pocklington's father. Not Nick Lichstrom. Oh, wait, no, that's the guy who had to come off the cup because he, he put it on there and he shouldn't have put it on there. Again, this is hard to do way, way in like, advance. Oh, you mean, like, a guy whose name's on the cup? Glenn Anderson. Glenn Anderson. Yeah. Great example. Only in the Hall of Fame because his name is on the cup, like, six times. Yeah, it's, he's, he's like Derek Jeter, basically, but whatever. <laughs> Glenn Anderson. <laughs> and he's like standing there and mm-hmm. like he's he's there at the engraver and there's like a little open space for the 2016-17 champs and he mm-hmm. sees his name mm-hmm. and Connor McDavid's there oh. who doesn't have his name on the cup All right. and Glenn Anderson's like having fun with him okay. like there's my name there there's mm-hmm. my name there there's, has your name on here I don't see your name on here He's like, well, I'm probably going to win the heart this year. Hmm. Let's see the heart. Is that anywhere on the championship trophy? No. And you do it with like all players that have won cups for like certain teams, and that guy who's there today who hasn't won the cup yet, who wants his name on the cup. And you can just do you can do like four different bits on that. So you're talking about a time-tested Vince McMahon 
uh, I don't know uh, what that means. Thing where you use the old talent to get the new talent over. Yeah. The Undertaker, you're going to lose to Roman Reigns. <laughs> and Reigns is going to be the new darling of the WWE. Like, it's it's hard. It's I think it's hard to. I'm just doing this on the fly, but like. The Caps never won the cup, so it's hard to do one with Ovechkin. The Penguins all have won the cup already. The Blackhawks have all won the cup already. Like who's left? Nashville. There's no Nashville championship. Yeah. Teams. There's no Ottawa championship. So, I mean, there is that that obstacle. But like, if you do it at the beginning, then you have to like figure out who the 16 teams are going to be. Like Mark Messier talking to Henrik Lundqvist, Matt Zuccarello. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Like you can you can you can come up with four of those and then mm-hmm. run those during. Like if if there's if you can run the same three Discover ads. For six fucking years. And that would be funny because, like... You can do... In all honesty, like, if you had Messier and Zuccarello, and he's like, yeah, my name's on here because I guaranteed it. Can you guarantee it, Matt? Like, and do a little bit off of that. There's a, there's, you, you, can, you can come up with 30 seconds of material for a commercial. Right. And doing that premise every time, as opposed to just... Let's just sit these guys down in a room with a <laughs> and put, like, a green screen and then Not even a green screen, just, like, a dark room and have them spell their names. Honestly, it's, though. No. Was there a teleprompter to help them spell? <laughs> come on. What do you think? And it's disturbing to watch Sidney Crosby try to spell his name four days after he gets his head driven into the boards, too. There's that part of it as well that makes me uncomfortable. But like I wrote, that's that's probably just me, though. That's just you. Overthinking things. Uh, GM of the Year Award uh, came out. Um, that's very exciting, as, as per usual. Peter Chiarelli of the Edmonton Oilers, who, of course, made nope. the Adam Larson trade. Yep. Nope. Uh, Pierre Dorian of the Ottawa Senators, who hired Guy Boucher. Yeah. And uh, David Poyle of the Nashville Predators, who made the... You win. P.K. Subban for Shea Weber deal. No Mark Bergevin amongst the finalists for making that trade. That's kind of odd. Wouldn't it be? <laughs> would have been great if it was like Mark Bergevin, Steve Eiserman, and who had a bad year? Dean Lombardi. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The, the BM of the year. The um, the, the award I, I least like in, in all of life, of course, is the Lady Bang. Stupid as fuck. The award I least like, the second most, is the GM of the year award because there is absolutely no way... Mm-hmm. You can judge a general manager by one year. By one year, they should give this award retroactively every five years. Like, like, see what's happened. Or, see, or just what don't have an there. award. Like, everything doesn't need an award. These, see, here's the thing: these baby boomers just think they're entitled to trophies because they just do their jobs. These old white men, of course, feel like they just have to have a trophy. You know, why can't they be more like millennials and just, like, work hard and, you know, fight through everything and uh, just have their avocado toast and excuse, not buy houses? Excuse me, excuse me. Millennials all get a, all think they were born with a gold star. All They, they all think they already have a ribbon. <laughs> they were born with avocado toast they in their mouth. They were born with avocado toast in their mouth. They think they're just entitled to avocados. Um, who would you... You would give it to oh, Poyle. They, oh, for sure. Poyle won. Well, she really won a lottery. She really won a lottery. And, and Dorian hired the right coach. I mean, he's, it's the thing is, like, think about everything he did. He traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. And I don't care what you Edmonton people say. That was a bad trade. Milan Lucic, fucking dog shit in the playoffs. Mediocre in the regular season. He played with Connor McDavid constantly. He's mm-hmm. looking to do anything. And Ottawa. And like, whatever Ottawa does, he brought in Guy Boucher. And Guy Boucher is the number one reason why they are where they are. So I'm fine. They, they, the, the, the Subban trade, like... Obviously, I didn't realize this until yesterday. Custons told me that they vote up until the second round. After the second round of the playoffs is in, then they vote. So you can't give it to Poyle because he's going to win the cup, possibly. But, I mean, geez. Subban for Weber and you win a cup? Is that a guy you root for, Poyle? I I go back and forth on it because I really have a problem with the Ribeiro stuff. And I have a problem with some of his other sort of like halfway home general managing that has gone on. What else is there besides Ribeiro? Refresh me. Um 
Well, he had a couple of other guys come in that just had some issues. Like McGra- I think McGratton was one of them, but like I don't remember that. There was the Ribeiro one. What was the other one that he had? There was some other issue that he had. They kind of swept, but the Ribeiro <laughs> one's the big one. I'm trying to think. I remember there was a year, a couple of years back, where everybody was kind of like all over David Poyle for being really good, and I just thought it was weird, but I can't remember why. I think, think he's of... always been a pretty good, pretty good GM. But like, the Ribeiro thing was just <laughs> like I, I think it was, I think it was Dimitri who tweeted something like, "Finally, the twenty-year plan comes to fruition." Yeah. <laughs> good for David Poyle. <laughs> you, you keep a guy in a job long enough. I mean, he hired Peter Laviolette a couple years ago. That's why. Again, I, I think the GM of the year should be every three years if you're going to do it. Like, take a GM's body of work over that time and see what he did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he, it's kind of hard to. What else did he do? I mean, the Forsberg contract was that in the last year? No, right. Um, traded Seth Jones. I mean, the Neil thing, that was a few years for ago. Ryan Johansson was a while. Well, back, yeah, Seth yeah. Jones for Ryan Johansson and PK for Weber were the two big things. But that was that was that Seth Jones was in the middle of last season because when John Tortorella ran Ryan Johansson out of town because he was lazy or something. <laughs> um, David David Poyle is the guy who comes to the poker table and plays four hands in four hours and just rakes big pots waiting for the dumb guy at the table to do something stupid. That's he's, he's great. <laughs> I love him. I'm going to go all in on Seth Jones for Ryan. Yeah, I call. Ryan Johansson. Thank you. <laughs> Six foot, 210 pound, number one center for Seth Jones when I already have a million defensemen. Thanks. Whee! But that trade works out better than Subban for whoever. I feel bad for Jonah. Yeah. I think we should feel bad for all of our Canadian friends. Jonah Carey's team is bad. Um, so All right. Let, let's. Let's get to a quiz that I crafted for you. We're going to get to the Ryan Kessler, and we're going to get to the Predators anthem singer, so hold tight. <laughs> but I have a quiz, because as you know, David Poyle was the general manager of an expansion team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided, I said to myself, it's probably about time we start celebrating expansion teams, because we're going to have a new one in the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Um, they're going to make the playoffs. Bad club. So I've crafted a quiz for Dave Lozo called Subtraction by Expansion. And what this is, is I have taken one player from each of the mm-hmm. expansion teams in the last 25 years. So the Senators, the Sharks, the Lightning, the Panthers. Ducks. The Predators, the Blue Jackets, the Thrashers, the Wild, and the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Taking one player from each of these teams. I'm going to name a player. And you tell me which team they, they played for, which first-year expansion team they, play, they were on, expansion roster they were on. First year, not— First year. Okay. This is when the team was born, mm-hmm. like a newborn foal covered in its mom's uh, vagina goo, and it spilled out on the floor, and it Gre- couldn't even find its feet. Greg, it technically, medically, it's vagina slime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't go to veterinary school for 11 years to have you talk down about the way— I'm sorry. The, the slime I, is goo. Listen, I'm from New Jersey. I, I play it fast and loose with the scientific <laughs> terminology sometimes. We just use a lot of colloquial swang, slang. In Central Jersey, we call it goo. Swang. Swang. Taylor. We also call it slang swang. <laughs> it's either goo or pork roll. So here's the deal. I'm only, you can only use the expansion teams once. So I'm going to give you a player from each of these teams. Jesus, this is like one of these mailbag questions. When you, once you use the team, Do you don't have to worry about it again. It's not as if this is going to be all sharks. Okay. We begin. Uh-huh. Here we go. This is subtraction by expansion. Can you name which first-year expansion roster this player appeared on? Okay. Number one, mm-hmm. Darren Rumble. 
Lightning. Ottawa Senator, 69 games, nice, in 1992. <laughs> and mentioned because I, I, I don't know if he, his, Jeff Bukaboom gets named, Radic Bonk gets named, but in the greatest hockey names of all time, Darren mm. Rumble doesn't get nearly enough respect. Darren Rumble, too, I guess. Darren yeah. Rumble. Darren a Rumble with me. Any, anybody, anybody named after one of the Transformers that came out of Soundwave's tummy? Isn't that Bumble? No, that was Rumble. Bumble, I think a Bumblebee? Yeah, isn't that one of the Transformers? Somebody was a GoBots boy. Kelly Kissio. Sharks. That's correct. 48 games in 1991. Kelly Kissio, former New York Ranger. Former, former Islander, great. I was a Ranger too, wasn't he? I think he was a Ranger. Yeah, one of them too. Maybe both. Bob Beers. Bob oh. Robert God. W. Beers. Bob uh, Beers. Boy, I have no idea. Um, Bob Beers. Mm-hmm. I'll go Tampa again. Correct. All right. Uh, he played for the Lightning in 1992, 46 games. And again, like... Another good name. I, I mean, yeah. if you were going to get a jersey, <laughs> if, you, if you were a fan of the first-year Lightning and you were walking around with a Brian Bradley jersey, fuck off. Wasting. You, waste, yeah. you wasted you the best opportunity You had a guy named Beers your on your team. And I believe he was number four. I believe it was four beers. Four beers. Yeah. The, the amount that gets me hung over these days. Actually, you know, you know who else... You, you, I, I feel I feel like and see if you agree with me on this. Mm-hmm. Bob Bugner, mm-hmm. his last name is really Boner. <laughs> come on, come on, Bob. If your name is Bob Boner, Brian Bradley, that's a poor name for John Tucker, Chris Contos, Rob Zaminer, Adam Creighton, Sean Chambers are your top six scorers, who, and then Bob Beers. Who was the guy who had the hat trick in the first ever Lightning game? Remember that? Oh Jesus, now you're taxing me. Oh yeah. Oh, oh wait, and by the way, he was never number four. He was two beers. That also gets me hung over these days. <laughs> um, the only possible name that you could have gotten on the back of your jersey where it would have been all right if you didn't get beers? Poopa. No, he wasn't on the team yet. Uh, Jablonski. Jablonski. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like Jabroni, but it's like a Polish last name instead. Look at this Jablonski over here. <laughs> Come on, Jablonski, we're waiting! <laughs> Rob Niedermeyer. Rob Niedermeyer. Not Scott. Scott was already in the league and rocking and rolling at this point, I think. Rob Niedermeyer. The lesser Niedermeyer. N I E D E R. <laughs> wow, two separate mentions of Rob Niedermeyer on this podcast today. <sighs> like, you want me to say the Ducks, but that's not the answer, Mm-mm, right? No. It's, um... Come on. Gonna need an answer. Columbus? Florida Panthers. Oh, I believe right, he was the right. Florida Panthers draft pick. Yeah, Let me double check that. that. That's correct. Uh, Rob Niedermeyer, of course, in year one with the Florida Panthers. Uh, yeah, I should have had that. A one. real star performance. Uh, uh, 65 games, 26 points, minus 11. And he was drafted fifth overall in the 1993 entry draft. Okay, let's continue down the rabbit hole. 65 points. Huh? Alexander Daig. Ottawa. Chris Pro- Chris, this is the 93 draft that Rob Niedermeyer went fifth overall. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ready? Mm-hmm. So this is, what, this is uh, also known as if only the Panthers had gotten into the top four. <laughs> And didn't pick first. Dig, uh-huh. bust, pronger. He worked out. Gratton, bust. Bust? Where are you, you falling, Chris Gratton? I say bust. 568 points in uh, 1092 games. Basically just, yeah. hey, he's big. We can get. We should get him. There's like levels of bust. There's like... Um, Dig bust. Is, there's like a, yeah, like that's yeah. a bigger bust. It's like... It's like um, 
Who am I blanking on? David Legwand, who was like a second overall pick. Yeah, I feel like, but like he had an okay career. Gratton and Legwand to me are both like sort of like they're kind of the same. Kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, but but Gratton was much more of a journeyman. The Legwand played with like one team as an arc. Right. But when you you pick third overall, like like when the Devils this year pick pick uh, <laughs> Nico Hesher. Nico Hesher. And he turns out to be a third line checking center who wins draws late in games. Someone said today it. on Twitter that that Nico Hesher. I think it's Heischer, uh, is going to end. He said he has Pavel Datsuk's defense and Henrik Zetterberg's offense. And all I could think of is Pavel Datsuk with Henrik Zetterberg's beard. So he's a combination of Datsuk and Zetterberg is what this, <laughs> guy's what this guy said. So he looks like Jared Leto and hates gay people. <laughs> is, that, is that the scouting Because of his religion, Dave. Mm-hmm. Paul Correa was drafted fourth overall than Rob Niedermeyer. So he lost out on Paul Correa by one point, by one spot. Then Victor Kozlov, then Jason Arnott. The yeah. others took Arnott, right? You know who the Devils took in that draft? 93. Dennis Peterson. Good old Dennis Peterson. Yep. DP. <laughs> Back to the quit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> double P, double A. What movie is that from? That's like, that's like a Kevin Smith movie where he's describing some sort of like sex act. And it's like and double, double P, P, double A. Darren Turcott. This is a tough one. Former New York Ranger. Okay, so Darren Turcott Darren was a Turcott. Ranger in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So he obviously wasn't on any of the early 90s expansion teams, I wouldn't say. Unless it's a trick. He wasn't around long enough to... First year team, Darren Turcott. I feel like I need a list of teams in front of me. Cause well, it's, it's hard to think of all the teams that have shown up since that time. All right, well... Um, Darren Turcott. Mm-hmm. Darren Turcott. Any, any, any guesses? We've done Ottawa, we've done Tampa, uh-huh. we've done Florida, we've done San Jose. That's right. Those are all off the board. Now you're getting the spirit of the game. Okay. Okay, so that means that we have five teams left. Four, is, of, four of the five are from 1999 yeah. and up, and then one of them is not. Columbus? The Nashville Predators. Oh, yeah. 40 games. I don't know if he was an expansion draft guy or not, but Darren Turcutt. A 40-year-old Darren Turcott at that point, I think. I was going to say. Oh, wait, no, no. He's 31. Sorry, I was wrong. Uh, it was 30 in 89 and, or 98 and 99. He previously played for... Boy, he went real journeyman after... Rangers 94, then Hartford, Winnipeg, San Jose, St. Louis, Nashville to end his career. Career ended at 31. He was in the Rangers Cup team, right? Turcotte? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He okay. All right. I'm not doing good at this. Ron Tugnut. <sighs> Ronnie... Nut tug. Columbus. That's correct. Interestingly enough, we would have also accepted Mighty Ducks. Oh, why was he? He was on both. No he was kidding. a double expansion draft goalie. So I had a 25% chance of getting that right. Ray Chicken Parm Ferraro. Oh, see, I thought that was Columbus, Ray Ferraro. Um, Chicken Parm. Hmm. So we have done the Jackets, the Predators, the Panthers, the Lightning, the Sharks, and the Senators. You see, three teams left that are possible. One of those teams is the Thrashers. That's correct. Eighty-one games in nineteen ninety-nine. That means we are down to two names. I was getting there. Two teams left and two names. Okay. The two teams left, obviously, now by the process of elimination, are the Minnesota Wild and the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Do you want name A or name B to finish off this game? Give me name B. Name B is Gary Valk. Ooh, ooh! I don't know the answer to this. Ducks. That's correct. Yes! Gary Volk was a 983 uh, Mighty Duck, and that means the last name on the list. Actually, who else? You should have given me both names at the same Minnesota time. Minnesota Wild, 
2000. Who do you think I picked from that expansion team? Oh, God, I don't remember. Mike, Mike Madonna. <laughs> Come on, man. There's only <laughs> one name to pick from that expansion team, and that is... Peter Sikora. Brick, New Jersey's own... Oh, Jimmy Dowd. Jimmy Dowd. Jimmy Dowd was on that team. Jimmy Dowd. Here yeah. you go. A brief, yeah. brief foray down, uh, down expansion draft memory lane. Just, just to go back to the earlier point, Jim Dowd scored one of the biggest goals in Devils history only because a Detroit Red Wing was on the ice crippled. Crippled. Paul by, Coffey. By, by Jim Dowd. Yeah, it was Paul Coffey. It was Paul Coffey. And it, was, it was that same play that happened with um, Zach Wierenski in the, in the Penguin series against yeah, Columbus. Same thing. Paul Coffey getting hit in the leg, Zach Wierenski getting and hit in the Coffey's face. And Coffey's like, same my thing. leg, please help. Like if you get hit in the leg, you keep playing. You get in the face, you stop play every time. Except he's on the ice being like, I think it needs to be amputated. And the Devils are like, wee, <laughs> we're scoring. The Devils are moving. They were so boring. They were the best. Best team ever. Like at least I admit the Devils were boring. Like if you're an Ottawa fan, you're just like, oh, the Devils. And then Greg's like, no, the Devils were much more exciting in a less boring way. You should fight Greg in his mentions. And by the way, so, so the headline on the Vice story that I wrote was this Ottawa Senators are worse than watching your parents have sex. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, not everyone, but like four or five people were like, oh, you watched your parents have sex? <laughs> no, the headline says your parents, your parents. not my parents. <laughs> your parents fucking a boring style. Is the, Your is, a, is well, different than mine. Hold on. I Oh, so that was... That was about your parents being boring when they have sex. I thought it was just no. about like oh no, it's just horrendous. About, look, it, it, yeah, yeah. It's about things you you want to look away from immediately, yeah. which includes your parents having sex, right? And and uh, I was getting a lot of parent sex shaming in the mentions too. Like, oh my god, this guy thinks about his parents having sex. And then it was weird too because like earlier in the day, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and there's a scene where Drax is talking about. Yeah, parent, yeah. My, my my day yesterday was really connected in really weird ways. Yeah, I'm happy it wasn't a critique about the. Like excitement level of your parents boning. Yeah, I wasn't like, dude. My dad could not get hard. <laughs> much the way that I can't get up for much, but much like the way I can't get up for Senators games, my dad could not get up for sex. You know, the Senators just play a real kind of missionary position style. <laughs> no dirty Sanchez's, no donkey punches. They never come from behind. Oh, oh, Jesus! Boom! Was that in the story, or did you just make no, that up on spot? I wish I thought of Man, that. Man, you are an improv comedian. All right, somebody give me. Relatives you don't want to see fuck and sex positions. Gynecologist! <laughs> Again, not professions. Okay, I, I hear Ross don't. and Rachel and Wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> Is Ryan Kessler a piece of shit? That's our next topic. Um, yeah. But, but, but a great, like a satisfying S spiral of a, of a shit. Like, I don't... I, Oh, like double I've, I've read so many people like e- who have emailed me after I wrote about Ryan Johansson and Ryan Kessler, and they're just like, "You're so wrong on this because Ryan Kessler is a piece of shit." I'm just like, "Yeah, but like, think about the things that you need to win in the playoffs. Like, he's that. You don't need. You don't need. You that. totally do. You need a guy who is going to go to the dirty places and do the dirty things. You could win a faceoff. You could score a goal." Like he's the I would take that guy on my team a billion times. Okay, how many cups has Corey Perry won? One. How many has he won since then, till now, during his yearly ball spears? You don't need that to win in the playoffs. Who who is the Red Wings ball spear guy? Who is the yeah. Penguins ball spear you, guy? He, you first don't of all, need it. Corey Perry would be on his fifth cup right now. We're right. not for for Bruce Boudreau. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you do have to. I mean, like, well, don't you pull on the, the caps didn't do anything. That's what I'm saying. Throw. Don't don't you think that if you put? I've been thinking a lot about the Capitals and like, don't you think that a Ryan Kessler or a Patrick Hornquist, like, no, guys like that are the guys that you need to do 
dirty goal bullshit plays in the playoffs, and the Capitals had none of those guys to me. I just think the West sucks this year, and mm. so that's why the Ducks are where they are. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything to do with Ryan Kessler's magical nut taps. By the way, in Game 3... I don't know. Like I understand that these referees put their whistles away. Mm-hmm. But, like Ryan Kessler committed like four atrocities during the first twenty minutes, and they showed replays of it. Like he hit Johansson from behind. He interfered with them in the neutral zone. He speared him, and there was like two high sticks. That there, like, there was one play where a linesman stared down. He I fucked a high stick and was just like onside. <laughs> side. I hate playoff refereeing you, so much. If you were Ryan Johansson earlier this week. Would you have said anything, or would you have just done what they, he, he did in Game 3 and just been like, scoreboard? Well, being the mature, talented leader that I am, um, I would have just been like, you know, he's got to play his game, and I just got to work through it. And, uh, yeah. you know, I respect what he does. Pretty and, much. You know, I wouldn't have been like, no, how does anybody root for him? His whole family. I don't even know yeah. how they even watch a play. Why, why does anybody even have sex with Ryan Kessler? And he, I'm like, he's Ra- such a gross person. I'm like, Rajo. They watch him play because they're related to him. Like, my parents don't like the shit I write. But they read it because they're supposed to. They're my fucking parents. They, like, they here, let me solve Facebook. that mystery for you. Unsolved mysteries. Why does Ryan Kessler's parents watch him play hockey? But, but like, not even that. Like, the thing, like, how can anybody root for that guy? Like, come on. Ryan, come on. People are rooting for the Ottawa Senators, and they're trying to melt hockey with a blowtorch. People will root for whoever is in their town and in their favorite jersey. Yeah. That, that, it's not complicated. How can anyone root for that guy, said Ryan Johansson, to the ears of the Blue Jackets fans that watched him <laughs> underwhelm his way out of town? No. <laughs> who, who held out for as long as... I guess he didn't technically hold out. <laughs> right? People root for Magneto sometimes in the X-Men <laughs> movies. People are going to root for fucking Ryan Kessler. Give me a break. How could anyone root for that guy? Said the dude who had a who Instagrammed a picture of his Ohio State basketball court that he had and lamented the fact that he had to leave Columbus oh, for yeah. Nashville. I remember that. How could anyone root for that guy? How can anybody root for the guy that did absolutely no checking around the net when what's his name scored that backdoor goal and Pekka yeah. Rene was screened on the pass, whatever that was in game two? How can anyone root for that guy? Said the guy literally being carried by his two line mates throughout the <laughs> entirety of the postseason. About what? Again. I understand it's the playoffs. You're on the beat every day. Like just because Ryan Johansson made the conference finals doesn't mean he's now mature. But the thing about Ryan he's Kessler that really like bought it home for me this week was it makes me think about how few compelling players there are in this league right now. Like how, and I mean that in a Chris Pronger way. Pronger, you fucking cared about. Like Pronger would be on the ice, and, and you either boo or hiss that guy, or you were in awe of the, of the shit he was able to do and get away with, mm-hmm. like stepping on other players and shit like that. We're desperate for stuff at this point. We are. Like, like but that's just it. Like drinking Ke- the sand. Kessler's a, a lightning rod, and there's so few guys like that anymore. Like when when Johansson spoke up, at, on one hand I'm like, God, what an idiot. On the other hand I'm like, Thanks. Oh, thank God. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks for the content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I don't have to write that. Is Hampus Lindholm the new Drew Doughty? Oh, so again, I, I will I will bring this back to the Ottawa Devils discussion at every turn. <laughs> Ryan Kessler is basically your modern day Claude Lemieux. He's Claude Lemieux. Yeah, completely. So that's why you like him. See, everything- well, I'm a, I'm a Claude Lemieux fan. Yeah, but I also always like that guy. I like a, I like a, a pest and a and a goon. I, I, I fuck. I, I I admit an affinity for Alex Burrows. I, I, I liked Brad Marchand before he became a, a scorer. By the way, speaking of GM of the year, P- 
Pierre Dorian went out and traded for Alex Burrows, who I'm pretty sure still has no goals in the playoffs. <laughs> but he has a lot of heart. But he has a lot of heart. Victor, Victor Stahlberg has been a scratch. Yeah. And he, who else did he get? He got somebody else, too. But they're all in. Right. <laughs> Same thing with Pete Chiarelli. Trades for fucking Adam Larson. And it's like, oh, but like now they're in the playoffs. But would it, imagine if they had traded for somebody better than Alex Burrows and Victor Stahlberg. Where they better? Played. Again, that's why Guy is Guy Boucher a finalist for Coach of the Year? I don't think he is. No, he wasn't. It was, uh, hang on, Jack. Uh, it, was it was Babcock. Tortorella, Babcock, and McClellan. Tortorella, Babcock, and who? McClellan, maybe? Yeah, it was McClellan, I think. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Babcock, McClellan, and Tortorella. McClellan two- again, because McDavid was healthy for a season. Right. Meanwhile. <laughs> and, and Talbot played out of his mind. Guy Boucher has Eric Carlson dragging that team to the conference finals, and yeah, then... It's funny, like Ottawa is that hindsight team where everyone's watching them for the first time in the playoffs closer. They're like, oh man, I should have crossed it higher, higher on the ballot. Yeah. Boucher, again, his system is, 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 it's like watching a fucking Terrence Malick movie. <laughs> you may, you may think it's great if you're a Terrence Malick fan. If you're not, it, it's fucking painful to watch. I, uh, he, he, he ran his hand through the leaves yeah. of a tree. <laughs> yeah, that's it's what supposed it is. to signify the. <laughs> Circle of life and nature. What's that Brad Pitt movie that he did? That's Tree of Life. Oh yeah, Tree of Life. Just mention a tree. Oh, everyone was like, "Man, you gotta see Tree of Life." Nope, no, you don't. You can appreciate that people like it, and it, it gets its quality. It, it's it's not it's not it's not Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which a dumb person like me really likes. We're gonna get to that in a second. I can't stop talking about it. It was so good. Dennis K. Morgan is a 53 year old man who lives in Nashville. <laughs> Such a good segue. He has performed. It sounds, about, like, it sounds like we're doing a mid-roll ad for like a guy who sells insurance <laughs> in Nashville. If you need, if you need life insurance, Dennis K. Morgan is the guy you want to have on your side. He has performed about 185 times. Yeah, give me the numbers again for as the in, national anthem singer since the year 2000. Out of how many games that Predators have played at home? The National Predators have played roughly 639 regular season home games since 2000. Okay, so 185. Out of 639. Plus a few dozen more in the playoffs. But, like, we're just going to count the regular season. 185, 639. That's 29% of home games. Less than a third. Less than a third. Of home games. Uh, he has been the anthem singer. Okay. Dennis K. Morgan. The K is there because you requested that the Predators refer to him as such because there was another Dennis Morgan in Nashville, and he wanted to make sure no one confused his anthem performances with someone who did not sing them. That made me immediately think of Erin Gloria Ryan. I remember <laughs> listening to her podcast once, and I always wonder why she went by Erin Gloria Ryan. It's because like she writes about you know crazy weird stuff, and there's like regular Erin Ryan's out there right. who don't want their name to show up in Google searches. Where it's like, you know, well, it's int- Michael J. Fox was Michael J. Fox because there was an already an actor named Michael Fox. Oh yeah, so he had he had, he had to adopt he had to hit the J. So like, was there, you think there was like a Tommy Jones, and then he became Tommy Lee Jones? Probably that's probably what it was, right? Yeah. But like that, like okay. But like, there was already a Matthew Conaghy, and he had to go with Matthew <laughs> Matt Conaghy. There was already a Matt Mon, <laughs> so he became Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can do like a hundred more. Of these. <laughs> we should, we should probably get done. So Darren, uh, Den- Darren K. Dennis K. Morgan is a little salty because there's a apparently when the Nashville Predators make the playoffs, all of country music in Nashville decided that they would like to sing the national anthem. Your Carrie Underwood, who, of course, is married to Mike Fisher, your Lady Antebellum, your Luke Bryan, your Keith Urban last night. I'm sure those are all real people. I believe you. Dennis K. Morgan, as you may have heard, is a little salty about this. He's disappointed because um, he did not get to sing in the playoffs. All the famous people did. Everywhere I go, 
obviously at my day job as a healthcare IT recruiting manager and at the arena, as well as everywhere else I go to church, grocery stores, on the street, in meetings and in restaurants, people want to know how I feel, said Dennis K. Morgan. No, they don't. <laughs> the Predators came to me and said the captain's wife asked to sing the anthem. It was presented to me as a one-night-only Derek, Derek, Derek Jeter's wife? <laughs> oh. <laughs> as a one-night-only thing, and I agreed to it, and they continued to bring in these other singers and touted, touted them as A-listers, which kind of hurt me. So they he are refers to Carrie Underwood as the captain's wife. The captain's wife will get you by tonight. <laughs> which, of course, is like, you know, the cheerleaders dating the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. The captain's the, wife. The quarterback's girlfriend gets to come to the party, but I don't. Yeah, but like the, his, his girlfriend isn't like just a model who's trying to break into singing and they do her a favor. She's Carrie Underwood. They continued to bring in these other singers and touted them as A-listers, which kind of hurt me. They, they, had the t- they had the temerity to refer to an artist who has sold 65 million records. Which is pretty much – that's about how many listeners we have. So I, I understand where he's coming from. Like, they, they listed her as an A-lister and he's like – what about me? Touting I've su- her. I've an sung A-lister. the anthem 185 times in the last 17 years. Here's how I here's how I felt about it. When I first heard it, I was like, yeah, it fucking sucks for this guy. Like, you know, he puts in his time and now all of a sudden they get to the conference finals for the first time and they want to bump him out for Like first of all, if Faith Hill were to sing it but like not do the anthem, if she were to do the Sunday night football anthem, <laughs> like waiting all day for Predator Night. Woo! Ryan Johansson's gonna get in a fight. Like Woo. then, I would take that. But but based on your math, the Stanley Cup is silver and hockey <laughs> is old. We got Zambonis. The ice is cold. <laughs> like I would like Dennis K with that. I think he'd be like, all right, that's awesome. You should just do twenty minutes of that before the game. <laughs> but he, according to my calculator on my phone, has done twenty eight point nine percent of all the games since two thousand. He's, he's not Renee Rancourt. He's not. Um, what's her name in Philly? There are three different kinds of, of anthem singers. There are the legendary performers that are synonymous with the, t- the, the game-going experience. And that's Jim, your Renee Rancourt. Jim Cornelius and whatever Jim his name Cornelius is. Jim Cornelius and then... Uh, Lauren Hart. Lauren Hart. Mm-hmm. Renee Rancourt. Yep. Um, you cannot... I'm, I talked to somebody in the NHL the other day who admitted that they made a mistake when they did not have Renee Rancourt sing the national anthem before... The Foxborough outdoor game. Oh, who did it? It was I think it was like Steven Tyler or something. Oh, wasn't it um the bald guy with the guitar? What's his name? Who? He has Daughtry? High, he has a high voice. <sighs> he's definitely a Boston guy. He's James de- Taylor? James Taylor. Was it him? I mean, I think he's done an maybe that was before like a Red Sox World Series uh, well, game or something, but yeah. that, they, Point he's is, a, like, right. that's the category of like legendary performers. Right. And then you have the category of Good luck charms. I remember being uh, a New Jersey Nets fan before we traded away all of our top picks and moved to Brooklyn. Um, but Paul Pierce was there for about a minute. That was exciting. Paul Pierce sang the anthem? No. Oh. There was a guy named Tuffy. <laughs> Tuffy Rhodes? Tuffy Ghostwitch? Who the fuck is that? Tuffy, isn't Tuffy Rhodes a wrestler? Are you thinking of Dusty Rhodes? Dusty Rhodes. Jesus Christ. Tuffy Ghostwitch is a How dare you bes- besmatch the good name of the Boogie Woogie Man? The Boogie Woogie Man? So listen, That's what he called um, himself. The uh, the American Dream. Oh yeah, the American Dream. Um, yeah. There was a guy named Tuffy, and I remember they used to. I think it was for him. It might have been for a woman named Arlette who did the. Arlette. I think Tuffy was there, and they Love used Arlette. to put up a stat that said the Nets are like twenty-one and one, 
when Tuffy sings the national anthem. Sure. Which tells me that he would only sing the anthem before, like, Sacramento Kings games. Right, yeah. <laughs> Whenever a team's playing a yeah. second game of a back-to-back, right. and, and then that's arrested. The sure. expansion, whatever the fuck's. Um, <laughs> but, like, do you have your good luck charm anthem people? Like, the ones that you're like, okay, it's great that Carrie Underwood wants to sing, but we're, like, 21-1 and one when this person sings. Then you have the third category, your Dennis K. Morgan category, of random dudes who sing the anthem and can be easily replaced if, like, Lady Antebellum wants to sing the anthem one night. And the, and the Predators said as such. They said in their statement about this guy, we've always valued Dennis K. Morgan's, and by the way, kudos for putting the K in the press release. Because I bet you there was, like, a conversation in the front office there where they were like, do we, do we be dicks and take out the K? Do we just call him Mr. Morgan yeah. just to really fuck with him? Uh, a performance in the National Anthem at a Predators home games. Our agreement with him has always allowed for nationally and internationally renowned music artists to perform when available to further enhance our game experience while paying respect to our country through their respective awe-inspiring renditions of the National Anthem. Bliggity, bliggity, blah. So, like, yeah, I mean, they, it's kind of part of the gig that if you're there singing the anthem... And someone else decides they want to sing the if fucking Adele shows up and she's like, I really like the press. And she's like, I want to sing the anthem. <laughs> Guess what, Dennis K. Morgan? You're probably not singing the anthem that night. America, it's me. <laughs> the Predators are down two games to three. <laughs> two games to three. <laughs> well, they got to do it the British way. They got to like swing it around and do like the reverse. It's not thing. easy playing hockey. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't you, you, hello that's an offside <laughs> I watched the replay a hundred times no no you can actually keep her lyrics for that like when the play is offsides he was on the other <laughs> side his oh. skate was in the air a thousand times <laughs> to make him <laughs> For those, <laughs> oh, those Dave Loza singing fetishists are really going to have one oh, for the record are, books. People are enjoying that one. Mm-hmm. I um, can't believe, but uh, but R.I.P. That cat I just strangled to get that noise that <laughs> just produced that Adele impression. But uh, all right, so like, imagine if, uh huh, like what else? What else are like? Imagine towns? if. Ima- okay, let me let me put it in terms that you'll understand. Imagine if you're the guy currently playing Hamilton. Oh, and Lynn Manuel totally Miranda that. shows up and says, "Hey, one night only. I decided I want to be Hamilton again." And dude's like, "Read the fucking playbill, kid. I'm Hamilton." And he's like, "But I invented the show." And he's like, "Great." Says here in the playbill, Hamilton. This guy understudy. You not fucking here. David K. Lozo is doing Hamilton tonight. <laughs> My name's Lozo, and I'm here to say. All right, better example. School of Rock. What's School of Rock? School of Rock, the oh, musical. The movie. Yeah. The musical. Jack Black shows up one night. He's like, man, I got nothing else to do and I'm all coked up. I want to do this role on Broadway. <laughs> and School of Rock guy's like, uh, sorry, man. I'm Dewey Finn. Uh, I don't know who you are, man. Are you the guy from Tenacious D? <laughs> like, are the producers going to be like, uh, sorry, guy? Mr. Black, but uh, you know, Dennis K. Morgan is uh, clearly Dewey Finn. And uh, No, here's the perfect example of what it is, of what Dennis K whatever his name is going Morgan. to. Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, don't confuse him with the other Dennis Morgans. It's like when you go to like the comedy cellar to see like five dudes you never heard of. <laughs> yeah. And then like Chris Rock shows up because he wants to work out material for an hour. And then you like, imagine it's me there and I'm like, who the fuck does Chris Rock think he is to come <laughs> in here and steal my 15 minutes to work on? No, it's, it's, it's and, Chris and, Rock. And that, and that Kyle Mooney it. struggling comedian character yeah. gets bumped yeah. from the show. Like that's what it is. And you have to just be like, oh, well, 
this is pretty cool. Like, You're in the back going over your note cards. Food on airplanes. <laughs> we're in law. Clinton impression. What's the deal with Trump? I mean, yeah. what's and the Chris deal? Chris Rockwalk saying, hey, man, I'm taking 40 minutes. <laughs> and you just, and like, and like you, you like, you like call up the, the daily news and just be like, well, this is bullshit, man. A lot of people are asking me about where my, where my, where my set was that night. Yeah. Everywhere I go, like church or a supermarket, like, they're like, they handed me a note card and they said it was a Comedy Central showcase and like I fully expected that you were going to have your A material and get on Comedy Central and then like, Chris Rock shows up. I think Jerry Seinfeld did a whole entire bit on like electric cars and like I'm like what I had, I had some stuff on that too actually I wanted to do. The only time I would ever be pissed off about that is uh, it, I remember during the, the, the run up to funny people like like Seth Rogen was showing up at places doing stand up and he's an actor he's not a stand up like if you were like a career stand up that's fair yeah. and you were and you were you know getting third billing at the comedy cellar one night finally and then like Seth Rogen shows up he's like hey man read right. and everybody's like Whoa! <laughs> he's just like what the fuck that was my spot that's so like okay so it's it's if you're Dennis K you need to be okay with Carrie Underwood but mm-hmm. mad if it's like Catherine Heigl shows up right <laughs> that's right and just feels like doing the anthem that night if Catherine Heigl shows up and and does the anthem or if Catherine Heigl shows up and does stand up either way you should really, really hey ladies am I right who takes off their bra during sex none of us <laughs> exactly I knew you guys were with me on this one and also I don't like how Dennis K is all mad about the response to it where he's just kind of like he's like uh, oh man that's not how i sound but like no, no no everyone was saying that like why did you call the paper and he was like no the paper called me okay i get that yeah but then you went to the right that, a you lot of people emailed me about that and they were like you know the the tennessean is making it sound like he went to them well they went to him right and then he went to the predators and said hey i'm gonna tell the tennessean about this and the predators are like Go ahead, crazy person. That's fine. No, nothing, nothing you say will possibly make us feel any bad, any word, any bad about about having Carrie Underwood sing the national anthem. Uh, but please do refer to her as the captain's wife multiple the captain's times. Captain's wife. Captain's wife. Here, here's his two tweets from yesterday. It says, "I know where the focus is." Parentheses. Read entire article. <laughs> I get that people get mad at headlines and don't read the article. That's fine. Also, I didn't reach out. They called me. Not trying to steal the spotlight. If you're not trying to steal the spotlight, you say no comment, no thank you, and you hang up the phone. I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. <laughs> Thanks, Rorschach. Ask someone who knows me if that article sounds like me. Then if you still want to attack, have at it. I don't even know what that means. But, but again, the article itself, I love when people say, oh, this. if you know me, clearly you know this isn't me. 80% yeah. of the article is block quotes. Right. Of him, like just if, talking, like if he was talking, like, carry on, tell, telling Carrie Underwood she's the captain's wife. Like if he was like, look, I was angry and I regret it and I apologize and I shouldn't have said it. Like, okay, that's fine, but just to be like, that's just not, that's just not who I am. Well, that, 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 that's just not, that's just not what I. It, you said it though. I can't believe we just spent ten minutes talking about the Predators' fucking national anthem. Dennis guy. K. Morgan, Dennis K. Haysbert. <laughs> that's right. Obviously, if Dennis K. Haysbert had given Joe Boo his rum, none of this would have happened. You so, know that for a fact. Here's here's yet another response. Oh wait, hold on. Please. Oh no, this person's on my side. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm getting all these weird Ottawa responses still. That are as boring as the team. Guardians of the Galaxy Two is not boring. You finally saw it. I, uh, I, I the more I think about it, the more I liked it better than the first one. The only the only drawback is sure. that I think that I think this series, and I'm hoping it is a series, is that it's best when all of them are, are together. 
and there's a, like the scene where they, they have the crash land on that planet and they're all just shooting the shit. Like that's like, wow, this is so much fun. And there wasn't enough of them together in the second one as there was a, a, in comparison to the first one. So that kind of bummed me out. But that's no. what you do. And see, Empire like Strikes it. Back set the template. You have to split up everybody and they all come together at the end. That's yeah. how, they, how, they, how these things work. I didn't mind that at all. Like, there were no lulls. Like there was no – there was no like nitpicks. There was no – like like they, they, they really – without spoiling it kind of drew out the part where like she's like i have something to tell you and then like somebody interrupts them it was very like three's company like mm-hmm. friends were like that right. kind, that kind of device but oh uh, mantis yeah yeah dude every drax mantis scene is fucking hysterical like i was in tears every interaction those two it, it's so like i'm not sitting here telling you that dave bautista deserves an oscar for best supporting actor right but maybe a, maybe a nomination because it, 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 it's one of those things where, like, he's a big giant dude and he plays dumb. So it's just like – it feels like a standard thing. But, like, that character, how it's written, how he delivers his lines and is that's, just exceptional. That's, that's why it's James so Gunn's a genius, like the director oh. writer. Because, like, he – another guy would have handed the movie over to Rocket Raccoon because, like, that's, like, a great character and a funny character and a little CGI raccoon. But he knows to use him in small doses mm-hmm. and put most of the great lines into Drax's mouth. Because he's a funnier character and a funnier performer and a funnier everything. Uh, yeah. So to me, the movie the movie's great. Um, I, it's packed with so many visual references. The one I keep going back to is when the Sovereign are chasing the Guardians in the beginning of the movie. And all the drone ships are being controlled by people playing in a giant coin-op arcade and then it comes down to one ship, and then everybody's crowded around the one guy like he's trying to beat Donkey yeah. Kong in, like, 1982. Yeah. It's fantastic. And I don't want to spoil it because I know there are probably people that haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's too soon for spoilers. The most – But, 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 single, but yeah. Chris, Chris Pratt's dead the whole time. <laughs> the he, single most ghost. vicious, uncaring, brutal, sick villain plot – of any superhero movie in this run of DC or Marvel. It is so goddamn twisted. I can't I still can't believe that they went there. It's great. With it. Like it's 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 like it, the one thing people hate about superhero movies and I get it is like there's never really any consequences. Yeah. For anybody. Right. Like there's in this one there's there's consequences. There's actual like body count. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. Like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very sad that at some point they're going to merge with like the other ones to kind of bring it all together. That's just for one movie, though. I don't like. That. I don't want to have to the strands of the Nebula and Gamora daughters thing with, with Thanos. How about this? Mm-hmm. Fuck Mary, kill. Okay. Gamora. Uh huh. Nebula. Mm-hmm. Mantis. I would uh, marry marry Mantis. Hmm. I think. Wait, her deal is that she can. Feel what you're feeling. Well, her, I think her big draw is that she can put you to sleep right away. Okay, like there's no tossing I would definitely and marry Mantis. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, 17 hour flight to New Zealand, right. baby. Right, work your magic. Like, oh my god, like 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 anytime you're stressed out and she can just like touch you and like, oh man, that would be that'd be fantastic. I would fuck Nebula and kill Gamora for one reason. Hmm. I feel like Nebula would be a kind of kind of fucking run. Kind of kind of deal. What do you mean? Right. Like, I feel like she would know the deal. I feel like Gamora is still working through her feelings. As a, oh. I have a feeling if I slept with Gamora, 
that maybe things would get a little confusing and she's the most most lethal assassin in the galaxy. Right. And that could be bad news. Like, oh, no, no, no. I thought – you see, I thought it was just like one one night. But like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, so we want different – oh, I never, I never mentioned kids. I don't know why you <laughs> think that I mentioned kids. But I feel like Nebula would be like, thank you and just like go and do her thing. See, like, for me, 100%, 100% fuck Nebula. She's now, why, why is that? The same reason? She, she's just hot. I just, I, she's I, kind of hot. I, I, would, I, I, I would be like, ball thing. I don't I'd know be like, I, I know that you're, like. She's bendy with the, with the robot stuff. Like, I'm, that could be fun, too, like, I think. I'd be like, I know you're playing a character, but are you really, like, Scottish? <laughs> so can you I know. just talk like that? <laughs> the problem is, like, you know what sucks, too, is, like, back in the day, like, the Princess Leia fantasy was, like, the dude fantasy of, like, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And that was easy. Buns, mm-hmm. gold bikini. Like, if you ever want to act one of these out with, like, your girlfriend, like, you got to get, like, body paint. <laughs> There's a whole production, man. Basically, like, you, you need you, a makeup crew to have that basically happen. Basically, if you want to fuck Zoe Saldana in fantasy world, you have to dress her up like Uhura. Because you can't do Avatar oh, and you no. can't do Gamora. Oh, right. She's an Avatar, <laughs> yeah, exactly. too. Boy, Zoe Saldana might be, like, the greatest sci-fi <laughs> actor of all time. But then, like, all right, between marrying Mantis or killing Mantis and then, I don't know. The sleep thing really does seem to come in handy. Dude, every, every Drax fucking mantis scene i have never seen a movie in the theater twice i may go back and see this one again it was that funny so wait are you marrying mantis or not <sighs> there's no way you could kill her you could not look in those big those big eyes and like kill that kill that poor thing and there's also the the, the gold lady too from uh the sovereign uh, man from uncle who's mm-hmm. in that too mm-hmm. i like her a lot like, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like every like fantasy girl in the movie mm-hmm. is like it, it's like nine hours of makeup. You're never gonna. Be I just like I like that it's it's that that somehow they they are allowed to be weird. Like this series is allowed to be weird. Like yeah. Thor, Thor should be. Thor looks like it's getting to that place in the next one that it's going to be in weird territory. That one looks good too. But like it's just cool. I I really liked it. I I, I didn't I I was prepared for a letdown, and uh, and it didn't happen. And everybody in the movie is great. And Kurt Russell's amazing. And uh, like I feel like, and Baby Groot was not annoying. Baby, Baby Groot, Groot was, was really funny. Baby Groot is way more annoying in all the commercials. In the movie, Baby Groot's hilarious. Yeah, but all right, I'll marry him at this kill Gamora, even though I don't want to kill Gamora. That's what makes it so tough. But There's, I mean, there is an option there. Is there? You know, a little little necro. Oh, what, what no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, now is the time on Puck Soup when we open up the mailbag. Dougie Iceback wants to know, I love Guardians of the Galaxy, but whenever Rocket Raccoon talks, I hear George Costanza. Am I crazy? Do you think they're doing something with Bradley Cooper's voice, or is Bradley Cooper potentially doing George Costanza? Explain to me why Vin Diesel has to be the voice of Baby Groot. <laughs> I don't understand. For the novelty of I it. I don't understand that at all. Like, I saw that in the opening credits, and I'm like, wait, he's still doing the voice? I do love that idea that like at some point, James Gunn had to go to Vin Diesel after Vin Diesel read the script, and, been, and he's like, I, I see this whole movie's about being a family. I don't know if you know, but... There's another group of movies where they're trying to be a family. I, I don't know if you've ever seen them. And James Gunn's like, I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. I don't uh, even drive a car. Don't, don't you feel like, too, that like there's no studio notes on this movie? It's just like whatever James Gunn wanted to do. Yeah, here, here in Carp Lodge to do, do whatever it. he wants. Do whatever you want. Yeah. But, um, does he sound like George Costanza? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see that. That does make sense. Kevin Maloney. If Avocado Toast was a hockey player, who would it be? <laughs> Avocado toast. So if avo- avocado toast is taking a basic ingredient and spreading it on another basic ingredient and then putting salt on it 
and then charging $18 for it. So a basic player who is completely overrated Milan for Lucic? doing basic things. Milan Lucic? That's, a poss- that's possible. Oh, no. No, that's not good. That's not a good answer. Um... To me, avocado toast is a real you're supposed to take care of your kids kind of thing. It's like avocado on toast and salt. It's just the thing. It's Of course it's going to be good, but you shouldn't have to pay $18 for it. Oh, Jonathan Taves. Thank you. There's the answer. All right. 10.5 for that. Are you kidding me? Brett Bodner wants to know, where will Kovalchuk end up playing next year if he really does come back to the NHL? I think he's coming back. No idea. I, f- I find it interesting that I think um, I think he fits really well with the Islanders, but I don't know if the Devils will do business with him or not. And I also don't know what... I don't. The, the hardest thing for me as far as like where Kovalchuk's going to end up is, one, how much sway he has over his destination. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, when, when he left... The only two teams he was considering playing for were the Devils and the Kings. Right? Somebody told me that he was never, ever considering the Kings. And so he was just using was a leverage? total leverage okay. move. So just the Devils. I think, like, yeah, like, I, think, I think he wanted to stay over here because of his family. <clears throat> so in, in theory, area, the, the Islanders would be a good fit, in theory. Um, but I think <sighs> the best fit, honestly, and I don't know if he wants to play in Canada, would be Montreal. Get him up there with Radulov, assuming they get along. Give them some goal scoring, sniper on the power play. Do they have the room for him, though? The cap room? I don't know. I don't think they do. I mean, it's not as if they've got a defense to make it. Oh. Especially if they re-sign Radulov. Like, I don't know how they're going to afford that. How about Florida? <clears throat> With Yager? Got some young kids there. Like, I think, I, I think they're not bringing Yager back. The so gra- that's the, money. The greatest misconception about Kovalchuk is that he's bad in the room. That the devils loved him when he was there. No, he's Russian. He's bad in the room. No, he's... <laughs> that's how it works. He scores a lot of goals and he's Russian. I, I bad in the room and kill coaches. Bring back Nikolai Zherdev. The thing about all of you is you see Ovechkin, you get hockey boner and want to rub hockey boner all over Ovechkin. That's tweet seven of a 95 tweet rant. Wait, is that what you do with boners? You rub them on stuff? That's not what I thought it was. Go ahead, Leon. Just kiss pretty boy all over his face. Enjoy Redskins minicamp. Out. I, I get tax-free money for four years. I come here and play for free to win Stanley Cup. <laughs> Unlike Alex Simon, who is big baby. <laughs> seven, seven of 42 tweets. Dan, <laughs> Dan Straightedge wants to know, if Ryan Getzlaff, would Ryan Getzlaff get more love if he had a better hairline? Good question. No, nah, he plays in Anaheim. There you go. Scott Flores wants to know, coffee, cream or no cream? No cream. Uh, black coffee boy. I'm a black coffee boy. Starbucks, I go half and half. Dunkin' Donuts, I go um, regular whole milk. I don't know why I do that, but that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, like that coffee this morning, half and half. Mm-hmm. Never write jo- sugar. Josh wants to know, thoughts on answering your phone in the bathroom? A guy at the urinal, urinal answered and had a full conversation. Urinal, urinal no. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like the idea of standing next to a guy with his phone raised above the partition. I used to work with a guy who... <laughs> who talked to his wife while he was taking a shit at the office <laughs> every day. He timed it. He timed it so he could do it that way. And, and like, there's times... I remember the first time I figured this out because, like, it had happened, like, a couple of times and then I realized it was always around the same time in the evening. I'd be in there peeing and then I'd hear, like, oh, we can't afford to send her there. <laughs> it's too much tuition. Like, we, we need to figure out a way to... I'll, <laughs> um... I'll make a I'll make a confession here oh, no. for me and you and, and everybody listening. There have been times, and it, there may have been a time in the last couple of weeks. As you know, I'm very pressed for time, very busy man. You're you're just a you're a man in demand. Very busy man. There may have been times when I forgot that I had to do a phoner on the radio, 
and they called while I was in the can. And then they're like, all right, you know, just uh, you're going to be talking to like the big dog and, and the goo goo boy. Uh, they're going to be back in the air in about a minute and a half. It's the slime, slime boy, not goo. And I, <clears throat> I, I, I finished the job in that minute and a half and flushed with the phone muted before I did the interview. So I was on the can when they called and said, <laughs> you know, Johnny Truck and, and, and the goofball are going to be with you in about a minute of 30. And then I finished the job and flushed, and then I did the interview. I mean, laid on my feet, by the way, afterwards, but that, that's definitely happened at least maybe within the last two weeks. Maybe it happened when I was in Who picked second? Pittsburgh. Who picked second again this year? Devils won the who's two? Flyers. So like, Greg, Greg Wyshynski over there in Jersey, uh, you, got, you, picked, you picked first there. <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect the Flyers to do at number two? And you're like, well, I know what I'm doing at number two. And that's splattering the inside of the bowl. Hey, uh, hey, well, well, Puck Daddy, what do you think about this Penguins Ottawa series? I don't know about that, but here, listen, it's the Carolina Hurricanes logo. <laughs> swirl, 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 swirl. It sucks that you can't trade Corey Schneider and Ilya Kovalchuk for the two because it's Philly. The Devils will never do that. You think that? Oh my God! You think there's a trade? There's a trade to be made with the Devils in Philly? No, because that's how. That's a weird thing about sports is Schneider for the two teams never trade in their divisions. Like and but, and the Devils never trade with their rivals either. I can't even remember the last Devils Flyers trade there was. There definitely was a Devils Rangers trade at some point. I think. I want to say there's like one. I want to say it involved Troy Millette back in the nineties. Whoa, back in the day. But um, yeah, I, I don't answer my phone anywhere really. So if I'm taking a dump, it better be like something real. Like. When you get a call that's like not in your phone, out of out of area, do you ever pick it up? I never do. I, I never. pick it up because I assume it's either a radio station, but then it ends up being like, your car insurance is blah, blah, blah. Right. PSE&G is – no, like it's just – it's never anything – or it's like – like I, dude, I had an online gambling account like 15 fucking years ago. They call me at the start of every every separate sports season to be like, hey, we just want to know. We got a, we got a 10% bonus. Like – how do you still have my number? Like I haven't gambled in your site in 15 years. So no, don't pick up your phone anywhere. Just text. <clears throat> um. I, uh. What the hell? Oh yeah. No, I get. I get. Uh, I get those telemarketing calls, and then occasionally I decide to fuck with them, and and they get done with their spiel, and I'm like, you're a robot. And then sometimes they actually have something in their response mechanism that says, <laughs> I can assure you, I'm not. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. And uh, and Ruby. Ruby dies when it starts. Like she'll be, she'll look over to me on the phone and, and she'll just hear, hear, "You're a robot," and she's like, "Oh boy," because she knows it's gonna happen. Because like every response that comes back, I can assure you, I'm not. No, I think you might be a robot. I didn't realize that's mm. how telemarketing worked. Now, and, yeah, it's all, it's all on because you know what it is. It's from what I gather, and I'm sure if somebody out there will will uh, um, correct us. When they farm out these calls to call centers in other countries. They have buttons they push for English language responses, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, you're actually talking to a human, but they're pushing a button that is answering you in English because that's not their native tongue. So that's how they got a. Re- Remember about 15 years ago, they would do actual, like, call centers in, like, Pakistan? Yeah. And, like, and everybody's like, I ain't never working up, working with, I mean, I'm never buying this product because, you know, ain't American. Well, they got around that by just having computers that sound American being operated by people in Bangladesh. What's more American than computers calling you at home to sell you shit? Brian Parsons wants to know, who's the smartest person in the hockey media? That's a really good question. Like, smartest person in the hockey media. I feel like Dello's up there. 
But he uses his powers for the the powers of evil sometimes. I don't consider uh, he is hockey media. He's really you don't consider him hockey media. He works at the, the Athletic now though. But like oh I, Myrtle, fuck yeah, Myrtle's up there too. Myrtle's but, a genius. But like I think of Dello as like John Tortorella working at TSN. Like he's just in between things. At this Which point. John Tortorella now? The one, the main one, <laughs> or the clone with the sweater? John, John, we're gonna be on, you're gonna be on Bob McKenzie in three, two. And they point at him and he just goes. Fighting's good. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. <laughs> um, um, I go. I would probably go. Myrtle would be my my choice for smartest in the hockey media. I'm going to do this because he always gets mad at us whenever we do the impression. I'm going to say Ryan Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do this? The, the best is like he'll text me after like he's listening to the show and he's just like commenting about something we talked about, and then like 20 minutes later I get the text and it's like just got to the part where you guys do the impressions of me. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, he, listen, he's a, he's a brilliant writer. I read everything that he does. He's legendary. Like the Diplodocus. <laughs> and many other dinosaurs. <laughs> legends. La, giant lizard legends walking the earth. You should definitely make him write the thing about why he should be a GM this summer. Oh, I saw that tweet that you sent him, and I completely agree. Yes, I do. By the way, he's going to be, uh, for those of you who don't know Ryan... Like he's gonna be on the show at some point. We fucking love Lambert. He always comes. He we comes just have to get him to New York on like a Wednesday to do the show. Middle of the week where he has no yeah. dinosaur tours planned. God damn, and that'll be one. That'll be in the whole show with a guest category. Like he will sit in for the whole show. We'll give him like fifteen minutes to rebut anything we've ever said regarding dinosaurs or him or anything. He can just go off. We'll just, mm-hmm. We'll just leave the room for a while. It will be the best thing you've ever heard since the last Titus Andronicus album. <laughs> Uh, this is from Brian Brian Neeson. How does Lozo feel about Jude Law not being in the Young Pope season two, aka the New Pope? Yes, that is a real thing. So mad. I'm Why? so I'm so disappointed. I don't get what they're doing. Like I thought, it, the whole point was that like I you know. watch the first season of the show to then see the next season of the Young Pope. But they're making it they're making it like a Fargo type thing where they're going to have like parts of that season still relevant to the second season, but different characters. It sounds very I'm, much like I'm the, K- so the mad. It sounds very much like the KFC commercials where they're having a different person play the Pope each yeah. time. Okay, if Jim Gaffigan is the new Pope, <laughs> I'm I'm all in. Hey, it's me and Ron McDonald. I'm the new Pope. White Smoke says that I'm the new Pope. So uh, everybody get get to Pope and get to praying. I, I, I fired Voyello. <laughs> I who did I hire? You guessed it. Frank Stallone. Oh, I can't believe they're not bringing him back. OJ murdered people. <laughs> Timor, concerned Calgarian wants to know, do the empty seats in Anaheim in round three of the playoffs uh, tell us anything re the viability of the NHL in the OC? I don't know how many empty seats there are there were in, in the third round. I remember there being a thing in like game one where the traffic was horrendous and a lot of people didn't make the game in time. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I think it's fine. Playoff tickets are really expensive. I don't know if people notice that. Yeah, you know what? When like nobody can afford anything because nobody has a job because the economy sucks, it's kind of hard to afford lower bowl $400 tickets for a yeah. third round series. Mm-hmm. But Lower bowl or smoke a bowl? Sometimes life, life makes you right. make difficult choices. If you could smoke a bowl in the lower bowl, that lower bowl would probably be more filled, but I think actually that's the, that's the solution for de- for the avalanches attendance problems. Do <laughs> you imagine that? <laughs> it's like, hey, where are you going? Uh, I'm gonna go get a couple of beers. What do you want? Uh, give me like an eighth of the cush <laughs> of, of the sack cush. <laughs> no, not the cotton candy. No, the Maui Wowie. Yeah, no, that's the Ma- that's what we want. Yeah, the the Rob Blake buds. 
You give me some of those. <laughs> I'd watch a fucking avalanche game. I do. I'd watch it. I keep watching it. They, I, I'd, I'd just still be sitting there after it's done. <laughs> and like every every time they score a goal, instead of like the cannon, like somebody just lights up a gigantic spliff yep. in the corner of the arena. Yep. Like, sir, you have to go. The game's been over for for an hour. Yeah, but you guys haven't shut off the jumbotron, and uh, <laughs> it's been great. The way that like the TV flickers every few seconds. <laughs> awesome. Finally, uh, Matt. Oh Jesus. Poirier, P-O-I-R-I-E-R, Poirier. Sure. Right. Matt P. When the Preds win the cup. Awfully presumptuous. Oh, yeah, I saw this question. Who gets the first handoff from Mike Fisher, a.k.a. Mr. Carrie Underwood? I don't know. The singer's husband, as it were. Pekka Rene, Roman Yossi, or P.K. Subban all have put the team on their back at some point. The goalie, does the goalie ever get the cup second? I feel like he's the answer, though. It's not, I feel like it's he's not, the answer, PK. too. P.K.'s there one year. They won't yeah. him. He's young. It's his first year there. Fisher, Fisher would be the guy who would get it if somebody else was captain. Yossi's a good choice. Um, but I, I would imagine it have to be Pekka, right? Like, there's no... Who's the oldest guy on that team That's who's not Mike right Fisher? Like, there's... Uh, let's see, 96, 80, Vern, oh, Vernon Fiddler would be, a, would be an option. If I think that's it, an option. Is, is there, is it, when's the last time a guy who didn't dress for the clinching game got the cup? <laughs> no, that's a good point. <laughs> he plays a little bit, but I mean, he's not necessarily guaranteed to be in the lineup that night they win it. He would be the, he would be your oldest guy. The next oldest guy is the guy who obviously would be responsible if they win the cup, Cody McLeod. Yeah, I was going to say, that was my other guess, but he's, he just got there this year in a trade. He's not like an old-time guy or Vernon anything. Vernon Fiddler and Mike Fisher are the same age, and if you had asked me that, I would have said that Vernon Fiddler is legit 17 years older than Mike Fisher. <laughs> See, I would have thought he was younger for some reason. Who, Vernon Fiddler? I know, it's dumb, but I, that's what he that was He always strikes me thought. as being like, like 45 years old and a guy who played in the fourth line for 17 different teams. James Neal? James Neal isn't really... James Neal's close, but yeah. Yeah, Pekka Rene, I think, is the answer because like he's been there for how long now? His whole career. So, yeah, precisely. All right, I think it's time to call this one. You think it's over? Yeah, I think it's over now. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks everybody for listening. I think we gave you a long, a longer one than the ones you anticipated. Yeah, we went deeper. Tried to. Longer. We were we t- I had breakfast with Jonah Carey this morning, and we were thinking about making him a guest, but then he's pressed. He's pressed. He's got to go see, uh, who does he have to go see again? A bunch of people. Some, some but he was really nice. He bought us breakfast by staying in a hotel and getting a free breakfast, and then we mooched off it. Yeah. Yeah. Free bagel. Free, Think, free water. Free water, yeah. No waffle maker, though, like they have it, uh, like the Double Tree. Yeah, get it together. Yeah. Free hotel. Get it, get it together. Casablanca Hotel in Times Square. That Jeez. You know. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Greg Wyshynski of Yahoo Sports Puck Daddy blog. You can find my stuff at Wyshynski on Twitter. You can find my writing at Puck Daddy. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jen Neal and Josh Cooper, who unfortunately are not with Puck Daddy anymore because of budget crap. I love them both, and it's not been a very happy week. Um, but I hope that they both find uh, uh, other stuff, and they will. They're super talented, and especially in Jen's case, who's been with us for a really long time. Uh, the... Economic realities of sports writing, Dave Lozo, as we've talked about many times on the show, come come home to roost. And every two weeks, we got to talk about somebody getting laid off, and it fucking sucks. And uh, and it, it fucking sucks to have it this time of year. So, best of luck to Jen and Josh. Uh, we love them both big time. And uh, and uh, unfortunately, life is life. So, anyways, you can find my book, take your eye off the puck. You can find our book, 
100 greatest players in NHL history and other stuff. Um, and here's Dave. I got to pee, so we're going to be done right now. Now, when you pee, are you going to talk to anybody on the phone? No, but I'll talk to the guy next to me. <laughs> How's it going, bro? <laughs> See ya. Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com.